Welcome to a very special Pop Goes the Culture podcast episode for Friday, October the 23rd. We are coming to you from our separate homes across the Midwest. My name is Joey Mills, and joining me today on the show, I've got Curtis Stout. And we are a couple of fans, artists, creators, critics from the Midwest, and we are taking a look this episode at Season 1. This is assuming there's going to be multiple seasons. Season one <laughs> of HBO's Lovecraft Country, um, which is going to be funny hearing two white dudes from the Midwest talking about Lovecraft Country. Uh, hopefully, if you're listening, you are all caught up with the season because we are going to spoil the shit out of it. So if you're not caught up, uh, we usually want you to listen to our show, but uh, we're going to ask you to just stop, just pause it, whatever, and then get yourselves caught up with the series and then come back and finish the episode because, we, like I said, we're going to spoil it. So welcome to everyone who's listening. Welcome to everybody who's watching along live with us on the Pop Goes the Culture Facebook page, our YouTube channel, our Twitch channel. Uh, we are going to do this thing. We're going to talk it out. We're going to break it down episode by episode. But before we do... What is going on, Curtis? I haven't talked to you in like what, probably three weeks or so. It seems like, um, yeah, probably Four. about three weeks. Yeah, I've just been uh, just been working. That's really it. That's all I can really say. Trying to keep um, the Rona out of the the house, out of the house, out of the work environment. <laughs> um, yeah, there's that, and I've kind of worked on some short scripts that I've had some short uh, stories that I've written. And I've already written them like a long time ago. I just keep making new drafts. So right. hopefully one day they'll be filmed. Right on. I but other than that, nothing. What about you? I have not been doing uh, a whole lot. I say that. That's a lie. I've been doing a lot of shit, but nothing fun. So um, nothing to speak of. Just getting everything ready for the the winter blast that we're going to get tomorrow night. So, uh, Oh, I did. Um, I actually went out to a theater. Oh, you did? What'd you like, do? Uh, Brad came down on Sunday. Well, he came down Saturday night, but Sunday we went to the Moxie and watched a screening of Marnie, which is an old Alfred Hitchcock movie that I'd never heard of or seen before. Right. And it stars uh, Sean Connery and Tippi Hedren Ooh. and Bruce, Bruce Stern in a very small role, but it right. was a really good movie. It was a weird movie, but it was good. Right on. Well, it sounds like from what I'm the feedback we're getting, uh, we had some sound issues right off the top. So for those who are watching live, uh, there shouldn't have been any sound issues on the podcast, but if you're watching live, um, we are going to break down season one of HBO's Lovecraft Country. So if you're interested in the show and you're not caught up, uh, stop, walk away, do something else, go outside because it's going to get fucking cold overnight. Uh, and then come back and check out the podcast or the video online uh, after you're caught up, which is going to be fun because, again, two white average white guys from the Midwest talking Lovecraft Country will be something something special, I'm sure. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> It'll be hey, something. Uh, I mean, yeah. On, on my on my census this year, I did put some Native American because I, you know it's in there. Is it pretty prevalent? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What are you? What do you know? What 
Native American um, uh, tribe. Powhatan, which is what the Pocahontas was, and uh, Cherokee. Really? Very cool. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Learn something new every day. I know, but I, I look pretty white, so. You, you, are, uh, you are as Caucasian as just about anybody. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it. Let's break it down. Uh, this is your this is your spoiler warning. Um, we're going to count it down, give you a chance to turn this thing off if you're still with us and you're not caught up on season one of Lovecraft Country. So your spoiler warning, counting it down, five, four, three. <laughs> your, your fingers are not matching my words and you're messing me up. Five, four, three, two, one. That's why you got to watch these things live because you never know. You can't see that on the podcast, but I'm trying to count down. Curtis is throwing me off. All right. Season I was, I was, try, I was <laughs> trying to do the German three and it was messing me up. So. Okay. So let's break it down. Let's talk about Lovecraft Country. Uh, season one, again, assuming there's going to be multiple seasons, we don't know. It could be another one and done like Watchmen. Um, but let's start with episode one, episode title, Sundown, uh, because uh, we get to that towards the end of the episode. Uh, sundown, sundown counties were a real thing. Uh, where if a if a black person was caught out after sundown, they would be lynched, and uh, so yeah, we we get that right off the bat. Uh, the show takes mm-hmm. place in right. It's after the Korean War, so it's got to be what the fifties, mid to late fifties. Yeah. I was kind of confused on the time frame here and there, feel, but yeah, it, <laughs> there's a lot of confusing for, shit. In this there, show. There's for for various reasons, but yeah, it is uh, the fifties, I, I assume. So. Okay, when we start off with the the biggest fucking spectacle of a uh, coming into the episode, the first scene, it's a dream the only sequence. Spectacle. <laughs> it's a dream sequence. It's the only thing that has anything to do with Lovecraft because he's dreaming about Cthulhu uh, among yeah. among a bunch of other shit. But um, and it looked like what did I say a couple weeks ago when I watched it? It it reminded me of a monster magnet video, like the Duke <laughs> of Supernature. Right. It was just kind of insane. Just a bunch uh, of was, random images of crazy shit. It looks like you're probably too young to remember this. But back in the day, guys used to like airbrush the side of their van with these really epic <laughs> scenes of okay. like, you know, fucking barbarians riding dinosaurs and, you know, all <laughs> kinds of sh- you know weird shit, you know, with aliens and mushrooms because, you know, they had to be a little fucked up to think that was something to put on the side of a van. But um, that's kind of what the opening scene reminded me of. And then we realized it's a dream sequence. And then and then the shit kind of gets starts getting weird from there. Um, right. It's yeah, it was like, oh, OK, this is great. This is if this is this what the show is going to be. And uh no, it's going to take its time. <laughs> is, this, is this how they're going to pay it off at the end? No, no. We, no, we no, that no. Uh, so the first episode, really the first two episodes, kind of set up. The first episode in particular, it, you know, it sets everything up. We learn, meet the characters. We understand the time, the setting, um, sort of. We, we still had to kind of check ourselves there. Uh, but right. they, we our, our main characters are on a quest. Uh, Atticus is our our main protagonist, his father Montrose has gone missing. His uncle George says, you know, they, they figure out he's gone to Artem, Massachusetts, which is apparently what the only time they, the only time they name drop Lovecraft at all. Uh, yeah, that this is apparently it's, it's it's where Arkham is in the book. Yeah. It's the inspiration for Arkham and maybe, maybe what Lovecraft uh, wrote about was real. 
Who knows? So that's where I'm thinking the show's heading. They're going to go to Artem slash Arkham, and they're going to investigate, and it's going to be almost like a Scooby-Doo thing, and it's going to be like, oh, they're uncovering a new monster in some big, deep, you know, there's some kind of rift in reality, and the old ones are awakening, and the cosmic horrors are coming through, and that's what I'm geared up for when I hear Lovecraft Country. Having not read the book, having no no familiarity with the book whatsoever other than knowing it was a book um yeah it's a it's a it's a book called lovecraft country but it's not written by lovecraft right it yeah it's just sort of in i guess inspired i've not read the book i don't know how different it is but right. yeah so so we're so, so i'm expecting <laughs> i'm expecting lovecraft shit yeah, yeah you know what like i mean straight up like i just recently bought and watched color out of space i'm expecting some weird shit like that right not really that's not what we get I mean, <laughs> well, no, well it's I mean, not we, gonna it's not get, gonna be like yeah color out of space it's gonna be it's gonna be weird but it's not gonna be that kind of uh lovecraft weird and so there's nothing lovecraftian at all through most of the first episode other than we got that weird, we got that weird opening sequence, which is a dream sequence, and then we're like, you know, a good three quarters, eighty percent of the way through, before anything even remotely <laughs> Lovecraftian starts to happen. We've got some right. cool shit. I mean, the yeah. episode's good. The, the acting is good. The cast is good. The music is good. The soundtrack, the settings, the costumes, everything is spot on, except for you're not paying off the fact there's nothing Lovecraft about this <laughs> until we get at sundown. Uh, so our, our heroes, our protagonists, we have Atticus, we have his, I guess, old friend from the neighborhood is how they start off in the episode. Uh, Letty, yeah. Letty. Letty fucking Lewis, uh, who's who's a badass in her own right. Uh, and then Uncle George, who is in in the show, he's one of the guys who puts together the green books from, you know, the movie Green Book you heard about. Uh, it's it's the travel guides for, you know, they oh, I forget the exact how it's phrased, so I'm going to sound like an asshole, but it's basically the I think they call it like the Negro's traveling guide. It's basically here are places that are friendly where you can go into a diner and be served and not be not have to kill not lynched. fear yeah exactly so not so, not harassed or anything yeah so he's putting together you know updates for the guide constantly he and his wife uh hippolyta and their daughter diana they kind of run the publishing outfit and so he's using that as a reason to leave to take atticus and letty to massachusetts to look for montrose um and we get to you know it's a sundown county we've got some racist asshole sheriffs who was like giving them just enough time to get out of town and so the you know the tensions really ratcheted up to like racing the sun basically like can they get across the fucking train tracks and out of the county before the sun goes down you're thinking right. they're not going to and you're thinking because they don't some cool lovecraft shit's going to happen right like they're going to get to the train tracks and they're not going to be able to get out of town and fucking something's going to something badass is going to happen and instead they get out of town but they get fucking speed trapped on the other side of the train tracks and so the racist asshole sheriff and his racist asshole deputies take them out in the woods to basically lynch him kill him shoot him in the head whatever they're going to do they don't really explain what they're going to do we just know they're probably not making it out of the woods alive sun's gone down and then the only thing again there's about maybe 20 percent of the episode left we get some vaguely lovecraftian type shit going on with but those not. creatures yeah i don't even know what the creatures are called i can't remember but they just 
go around and they just like eat all the cops basically <laughs> right and chases chases letty chases, Ch- Atticus, chases them chases george letty. into like a shack in the middle of the woods we don't know who owns the shack we never see the shack owner it's kind of really piss poor writing there just happens to be an abandoned shack in the middle of the the haunted woods or whatever look i'm gonna go ahead and say this now there's a lot of piss poor writing <laughs> <laughs> there, there is that's no, our Ed. that's our first that's our first head scratching moment though where you're like who, like what? Who, who owns the fucking you know because it's like a sh- it's a shack but it's like it's not in bad shape it's more like i guess shack's probably the wrong word it's a cabin in the woods but like there's lights there's, i mean it's 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 not abandoned and derelict. There's clearly no. somebody still lives here, but that person's not around for the for the whole episode that goes on in in the in the it's cabin. It's just a it's just a random cabin. <laughs> it's just a duex cabina. Um, so yeah. Exactly. There's a lot of that. No, there is. <laughs> then, uh, so the, yeah, so there's a cabin. Um, apparently, these monster things, which kind of look like not quite, they're like. If, if like the Cloverfield monster was shorter and stouter, right? You know what I mean. It's like kind of got that gray. It moves kind of weird. It's got some weird mouths. It's not. It kind of looks like some creatures from the Doom, like yeah. maybe Doom Three, right? Yeah. yeah, even in the movie too. Kind of a vague, just a weird monster, weird hairless monster thing that's kind of an off white gray color. Lots of teeth, lots of claws. Lots and lots of teeth, yeah. And you don't want to be on that side. Because when you get bitten, apparently they're almost vampire-like, I guess, or werewolf-like. I don't know. Okay, yeah. Like, I completely (laughs) forgot about that until you brought it up because that doesn't happen ever again. No. Does it? No. Like, ever. And and we see other creatures like this uh, throughout, uh, not throughout the show, but again during the show. And no, that shit never, never really... We don't see that I mean, particular metamorphosis. That, that particular way, because I remember the cop was bitten. Right. And he started to turn, but like you don't see that again, like no. ever. No. It's <laughs> again inconsistent <laughs> writing. Um, Maybe season two, if there is one, will pay it off. Who knows? Who knows? So we're in the woods, we're in the cabin. Monsters are going crazy. They don't like sunlight, they only come out after after dark. Um, so Letty sprints, gets in the car, turns on the brights to try to get them the fuck out. We hear somebody blowing like a high pitched whistle and all the monsters disappear like a dog whistle kind of thing almost, which is funny because we're talking racism. Um, but there's this high pitched whistle and then all the monsters just leave and our heroes, our protagonists are just kind of stuck, right? Just yeah. walking because the car has been torn the shit yeah the monsters have torn it apart so um they're just stuck in the woods and that's how episode one ends um with some inconsistent writing again fantastic acting great set pieces great a lot of good about the show but there the, is the narrative structure of the show and kind of the plotting leaves something to be desired See, even with that in episode one, I still enjoyed episode one. Yeah. I enjoyed episode one a lot. And then episode two happened. Let's get and to I was it. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, this, this is what this is. <laughs> it is for that episode. That's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> that is what it is. And then it's like episode three happens. Like, uh, oh, oh. That's what this is. No, wait, wait. So, that's what? Okay. So talk to us about episode ourselves. two. What do you remember of episode two? Episode two. So they find themselves in the mansion and just, just wander up to a mansion after wandering wander up the woods. to the mansion. 
and they're expected. There's a there's a blonde haired guy there. I can't remember what his name was. It was uh, William. I think William. William. Yeah, and he's got that blonde sister. Mm-hmm. They or, look alike, yeah. or boy Something. girlfriend. I don't know. Yeah, it's not they're, explained. They're probably <laughs> Game of Thrones in it. Who knows? It, they, yeah, they're they're the Targaryens <laughs> of Game of Thrones. Yes. Um. So. George and Letty can't remember anything. Apparently there's some kind of curse and they can't remember anything that happened when it comes to those creatures and what happened. But George or not George, uh, Tick Atticus remembers everything. So through a lot of a weird events, there's like this cult called the, what are they? Sons the sons of, of Adam? Adam. Yeah. Sons of Adam. You find out that Adam from, you know, Adam and Eve is still alive and he's kind of started this cult. He wants immortality. And is that what that was? I thought it was something different. <laughs> it's hard I to don't keep, know. It's hard to tell. <laughs> Maybe there's a lot of immortality, but there's yeah. a lot of I don't know what's going it's on. Just, it's yeah. There's it's got it's, it's this weird culty shit. It's got to do with bloodlines. The bloodline of Adam. You find out that Atticus is in the bloodline because someone else Fuck in the slave. bloodline had. Yes, had sex with his his mother or his grandmother, his, grandmother, right, or something. Yeah, it's not real clear again. I don't know that it's his. I don't know if it's his I'm grandmother to, because we see his grandmother I'm, later. I, I don't know. I'm trying somebody, to remember the ending. Yeah, somebody. There's in the a family. lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of shit. But Some, yeah, somebody so in he, his family was the house slave for right. whoever the guy was that started this cult. Yeah, and, yeah. So. Blonde lady, gosh, Christina, Christina. that's her name. So that's how memorable the, these characters are. <laughs> yeah, I actually like her yeah. actress-wise. Yeah. Um, I don't know about character-wise. She is the daughter of Adam. She's not allowed at any of the meetings because she's a female. Yep. So there's some jealousy there. But basically, through Atticus, they're supposed to do this ritual. And so... Adam can open a portal or do immortality. I don't know what the fuck it was. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, like they it use, was so confusing. They need to use Tick's blood, literally his blood, to because it's got the bloodline of Adam or whatever to cast some magic spell. Like all the ma- it's all about magic in this shit. And, yeah. and magic is it has to have blood. Apparently, in a lot of cases, um, a lot of blood or body parts or whatever. So yeah, they need his blood to open a portal. Back to the Garden of Eden or some shit. I something like that. Something like that. <laughs> it's again, never. It's, not, it's never. It's never followed up upon again. No, because <laughs> it, the spell doesn't fucking work. <laughs> it yeah, blows well, up the see, mansion. Before we even get there, like Atticus obviously doesn't want to do it, so he, he tries to escape with Uncle George and Letty. They find his father in a. In a uh, well, I don't know. No, he's at the bottom. Dungeon. Of the, yeah, he's in the dungeon of the tower or some shit. Yeah. yeah. And because there's this they weird, find him, there's like a weird town outside of the mansion. Yeah. I, so I they find know. him. And they go to escape. Adam kills Letty. Yes. And, and it's just killed. like Letty's killed and he shoots George. And George is bleeding out. George is bleeding out. And, you know, this is only episode two. Right. I didn't give a shit. Like, I'm not knocking the actors. They're great actors. Right, right. But story they wise, done anything. Yeah. <laughs> there was nothing that made me feel anything about her getting killed. I'm just right. like, oh. But then, magically, she's back to life. And that's the thing. They they could have Game of Thrones it. They could have been like, oh, fuck, they beheaded Ned Stark. They could have let her die, and you'd have been like, oh, shit, well, if they're going to kill off, you know, 
one of yeah. the main characters early on, then it's all, you know, it's all fair game. But no, they she dies, but then they use like her death as blackmail almost. Like, yeah. hey, we'll bring her back to life as long as you cooperate and Okay, so the yeah, they use it as blackmail, but we don't see any of that. No, no, it's all off screen. No, you just see like, <laughs> oh, suddenly she's back to life. Yeah. And then through like some random dialogue, you go through with this, George will be safe too. I was yeah. like, <laughs> so okay, so he goes, he does the ritual, it doesn't work. Adam turns the stone, the place blows the fuck up. He escapes, t- at, uh, Atticus does. Um, George Mon- Montrose uh-huh. is that, and Montrose Letty, is yeah. his, it's, it's Atticus's dad. They escape, Maybe. but <laughs> George dies. Right. Because he's bleeding out and you know the, the ritual didn't succeed. So yeah, There's Uncle nobody, George dies. There's nobody left to bring George back, <laughs> apparently. Right. Or so we think. Right. So yeah, so yeah, they Tick gets out by following the image of his ancestor who took the 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 big spell book, or what do they call it, the book of names. She yeah. she ran off with uh a, a, a implanted zygote in her uterus and a book of magic spells. Basically, and he follows her, and he follows her out of the house, the blowing up house to safety. She's not actually there. No, He's it's a vision. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all fucked up. And, and she took the book to basically to keep it away from white people. Is that kind of what you got out of it? Because, I mean. Like, based on the ending, sure. Like, like it's basically like white people be crazy. I'm gonna take this book, so at least it, they're crazy, but they don't have this fucking book to make them crazy and powerful. Is that kind of yeah. what you got out of that? Is I that, mean, that's as plausible took, as anything. It, it took watching the whole season to figure that out, right? <laughs> but, if that's what they're going for, like I'm saying, I'm still not sure that that's even the right answer. I don't know. I mean, this is based on a book, but I feel like. They um, added a lot more to it. I, I'm I'm just speculating, so I don't know. So yeah, so we have we have magic now. We don't see the monsters again, but now we have magic. But the magic house is blown up. It's all blowed up. So ooh, ooh, ooh. before oh. we even go any further, right. there was a white female sheriff. Who or game, of the, of the or town gamekeeper or I don't know or what game she was. Yeah. Anyway, she gets knocked the fuck out at some point by Letty. Yeah, because they're trying. That, she some, she she is the one that has control of the tower where Montrose is uh, being kept. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Letty, is, Letty kills her. This this female is important. Yes. She will for be later. Shortly. Yes. I had to look it up. I didn't even I until I didn't know it until they said it, and then I was like, yeah. "Oh, okay, sure. Why the fuck not? Whatever. Okay, why?" Well, at this point, that's like, like one of the least less plausible thing happening in the story. Like, so sure, why not? Who is she? Oh, oh, okay. All right. So there's that. Okay, yeah. moving on. And then and they went through all that shit, and they didn't have to because Montrose like dug his way out of the fucking tower dungeon anyway. Because like right. they, they they like cleared the dungeon and like he's not here, and then they go outside and he's like in the woods, like dug his way out and like, Hey guys, yeah, you know, what are you doing here? Why'd you come after me? And they're like, how, how'd they know he was going to be there? <laughs> yeah. I don't that's know. I wanna... Yeah. There's all kinds uh, of shit. And there's only one spot in the woods apparently. Cause that's a one shot. Like every time they have to shoot in the woods, it's always in the same fucking location. But anyway, uh, um, so yeah, so that's where we're at. We've got episode one has weird <laughs> D 
demon dog monster things. Episode two has magic cult with a weird like village of people thing. And then episode three starts. And episode three was like, when it started, it was the most jarring transition because you go from they're, Him dying. They're, they're in the car and George died and his brother Montrose Tick's dad is holding his brother George as he dies you know this is the guy that you know because Montrose was a shitty dad so he was like the good cop well right well Montrose is always the bad cop in Atticus's life so he's even though it's his uncle he kind of helped raise him kind of thing um and Letty's been shot but now she's alive and the fucking cult place blew up and we're in Artem, Massachusetts, looking back on all the fucked up stuff that happens. And episode three starts, and it's like none of that fucking matter. It's almost like it didn't happen, you know, in a way. You know right. what I mean? It's like it's you like know, a whole Letty, other show starting now. Yeah, Letty's buying a house. She wants to have a house, like a safe haven for yeah, like anybody a boarding who's house. boarding house for anybody that's black and wants to have a safe place to go when they're moving. And um, she she wants her sister to move in there. Uh, uh, that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, like I said, it's like none of this other shit's even happened. It's like, uh, yeah, I was like confused. Like, okay. And is a passage of time. Right. They, so they, was, they, they don't make like it clear. 10 years later. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like the sister Ruby's like, where'd you get this money? She's like, Oh, she has an answer. Yeah. Um, Atticus is taking care of Hippolyta and D as best after, he can, right? as best as he can. He feels like he's overstayed his welcome. Um, do you want to step in here? Cause <laughs> I can't. So episode three is kind of forgettable for me. So episode three, <laughs> it like, so we find out that, yeah. So Letty says she got this inheritance from she and Ruby's mother who died. And Ruby was giving her shit all along about not attending their mother's funeral because their mother was a shit mother. And, all this was so that did she, she was, reveal that in this episode or was it she was episode? she was on Letty's ass I think from season, from episode one I think about not going to the funeral um, right and so she's she's kind of doing this and then it, Letty says I got this money as an inheritance from our mother and so Ruby's even more pissed off she's like you got an inheritance you didn't let me know about it you didn't share it with me you bought this fucking house on in the white neighborhood where we're gonna get our yeah, asses yeah. stoned <laughs> we're gonna get our house blown up they're, and, they're in the north side yeah, right? they, the yeah north on the north side yeah. of Chicago yeah, which okay. is a long way from Artem, but whatever. We're fucking back. A long way from Artem, and it's... Sh- <laughs> like, Narratively a long way. <laughs> I've been to Chicago. Yeah, granted, it was in the 2000s, but right. Atlanta, Georgia does not look like Chicago. Not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, we've got, so we've got this house. They come to find out it's a haunted house. So now we've gone from demon dogs to magic cults to now we're in a haunted house show and that's episode it's like three haunted, yeah it's almost it's, it's like, almost an anthology almost a th- type of thing but it's not because they it's like it's not an anthology because it's almost like supernatural like yeah. the tv show it's like oh what weird thing are we encountering today yeah it's you almost know? like yeah what's the what's the weird shit of the week this week and this week it's right. a haunted house the house is haunted because there was some scientist doctor i don't fucking know who was somehow connected to 
the cult. We find out a little bit more about the cult. There are multiple chapters of the cult. It's like the Elks Lodge. They've got like the Northside Chicago chapter. <laughs> we got the Artem chapter. We got, you know, the St. Louis chapter. I don't fucking know. There's chapters. I don't remember what the guy's name was, but I remember his last name was Epstein. I was like, you guys couldn't have changed that. <laughs> Maybe it was, I, I mean, I, get, I, don't know. I guess it's, he is a bad guy, but yeah. Hi, 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 Hiram. 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 Epstein. Not. Not Hyman. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this case, so yeah, so so Hiram Epstein ha- is uh, bringing in black people off the street disappearances. I don't fucking. I it's, again, it, you can't keep up with this show because they don't explain anything. Uh, but right. anyway, he's he's bringing black folk in to do experiments on them and kill them and torture them and I, I okay. The police yeah. officer, the police chief, I guess, in on the, he, for the yeah. North Side beat. He's a he's a magic cult guy from the North Side Chicago chapter, and he wants he's like the leader of the lodge, yeah, of that lodge section or whatever. And they all want a an Ori, which is like a model of the universe of the solar yeah, system of the solar system that's up which, in like the bedroom at the top of the fucking house <laughs> but hippolyta apparently i remember because uh she finds it and then i right. guess just takes it apparently. it doesn't tell anybody no she just walks she off just, with it th- yeah she just walks out and like no one's like hey what do you got but we don't even see oh. her walk out with it we see her find it and you, then the next thing you know it. it's at like it's at the office <laughs> There's a lot of scenes like that in this show where yeah. it's just like, oh, okay, so we're just supposed to assume that happened? Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so we do like an exorcism to like clean the evil spirits out of the house. Um, which got kind of Evil Dead-ish, which I did enjoy a little bit. A little bit. I love, e- I love Evil Dead, so, yeah, you know, it was any, a- any, anything like that I enjoy. Yeah, it was a little Evil Dead, little exorcist, little haunting of little, whatever. I mean, little drag me to hell. A little bit of everything, yeah. That's, and that's part of the problem <laughs> with the show is like it doesn't, it tries to do a little bit of everything and it doesn't really nail anything, which again, great actors, great cast, giving them shit to work with and they busted their asses to pull it off, but God, the writers did nobody any favors on this show. And the editors no. in the Bay, they're like, okay, how many minutes do we have? It's fucking HBO, first of all. You don't have time. You don't have to get it to 42 minutes. It's HBO. Right. Some episodes of HBO shows are like 37 minutes, and some are like an hour and 10 minutes, you know, or an hour and eight oh. minutes. Weird shit like that. Right. So you could go ahead and leave that scene in where she puts the fucking Ori under her coat or something and walks out the door with it. Right. I don't know. They don't. Okay, so this is episode three. I don't quite remember. Uh-huh. Was there already an anchoristic music? Yes. In the soundtrack? Yes. Okay. Like, I have a problem with that sometimes. Like, sometimes it doesn't bother me, but in this show, it bugged the shit out of me. I think it would have. I, I agree with you. And I think that there is a dissonance because they're using. They're using a lot of shit in the show, a lot of music. They're using stuff like pre 1950s, so like almost like minstrelly kind of, you know, like 20s, 30 Jim Crow type shit. They're using right. they're using stuff that's current to the 50s, and then they're using like modern shit or more then modern within the last 20, 30 years. How many Marilyn Manson songs were in this fucking show? And I mean, it, and it's just not. It doesn't make sense when or why or how they're going from one to the other. It's not yeah. like like it's not they're not using the music or the soundtrack to like t- to to reinforce the theme. 
They're just slapping a song in. No, I feel like it's like we need to appeal to some people because some people might be turned off by the subject matter. So, hey, let's throw Marilyn Manson in this song or in this scene, you know, for the sex scene or something, you know, or let's throw in this Cardi B song or <laughs> for no fucking reason. For no, no reason other like, I don't know. It, it was okay. I, whatever. No, nope, I, right. I, I, I hated it. I hated it. I hate that's like one thing I hate about this show is that. Yeah. Okay. It's like they had, it's very much written. Like they're going to do something different with each episode. Here's the weird shit of the week, but they've still got, but, but it's like, it's like there's two different writers rooms. Like you have one writer's room that sat down and said, here's plot point a here's B C and D. And we've got to make this narrative move from a to B to C to D. And then you've got another writer writer's room, like the, another faction in the writer's room where they're like, fuck it. Let's we're going to do to this week. It's going to be this kind of episode. It's going to be a monster of the week episode this week. And this week's going to be a haunted house episode. And then you've got, and so like between the two, because it doesn't seem like they're meshing, you literally have the story going from a eventually to B and then a roundabout way to get to C, but it's not because the characters are driving the story from a to B. It's almost like, they're almost like pieces on the chessboard and we're just sliding the pieces from point A to point B. And it's like, hope the audience buys it. Here's where we are now with no rhyme, reason, explanation. We don't show you the scenes that got you from A to B. We just fucking, we picked up the pieces and we put them over here now. I feel like that's what happened with Suicide Squad. Yeah. I feel like that's the same thing that happened. And, you know, writing room B is just like, we're going to do this, this. And you know what? Fuck it. Let's throw all these songs in there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or or writer's room A is like, here are the songs we've chosen. And that kind of reinforced the theme of what we're doing. And then writer's room B that's like, fuck it, we're throwing in this. And what's your favorite song? Let's throw it in there too, because you know, at least we can say, hey, my song made it into the show I was writing. I it, say, hey, did you guys ever see Lost Highway? <laughs> remember when that, yeah, remember when that scene when Patricia Arquette was like stripping for uh, Robert Loggia and that really cool version of "I Put a Spell on You" by Marilyn Manson played? Yeah, let's put let's that, just throw in, that there. in there. Why the fuck not? <laughs> Might as well. So uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's episode three. So that's so, episode three. So yeah, Hippolyta doesn't buy the story about what happened to George either. <laughs> So she, I wouldn't either. So she swipes the Ori because <laughs> fuck them. She doesn't buy their lies. All right. Episode four. And this is a 10 episode season. So we're, we're cruising. Uh, this episode, um, <laughs> this is the national treasure episode. I like to call yes. it. Yes. <laughs> That's what yeah, this is. one is. So uh, Christina, the blonde gal, turns up in Chicago. Surprise. Oh, she's the one that gave Letty the money to buy the house. Don't know why it wasn't she, her mother. Don't know why she knew that Letty would buy a house if they gave her money, but apparently why she would buy <laughs> that particular house. Particular, <laughs> that's not explained. Not at all. But she turns up. She's looking for missing pages from the book. Pages that were apparently torn out of the book. She wants to find them so that she can try to do the spell that the men folk couldn't do. She but for think, him. Hers is for immortality. Right. She's going to try to be immortal. And she thinks she can pull it off if she could just get these pages. And the pages apparently are in the house. Or or they think that they're in the house somewhere, somehow. Um, there's, a, like, but, a, there's a haunted elevator that goes down under the house that, like, goes into this right. grotto that, like, 
apparently I don't. Anyhow, let's, we'll get there. So she she tries to go to the house, but since they exercised the house, she's not allowed in. There's yeah, like a they, force they field. Did, yeah, they did some kind of like they put a bloody. They got like a shaman, like a voodoo shaman woman. Apparently, they're plentiful in Chicago. Uh, they got her to like do some magic shit around the house. So Christina can't go into the house. Can't do magic. She needs to get those pages. Um, <laughs> and instead, we've got. Hippolyta's like, I don't believe you motherfuckers about what happened to George. I'm going out to Artem. And they're like, well, we, for some reason, think that there's a museum that underneath the museum, there's information about how to find the pages. I don't fucking, I really don't understand why they all went to this museum out in Boston. Cause they, so they drive why? back out, they drive back out to Massachusetts. So, yeah. Okay. So they, <laughs> they go, they go, the only way that they can use Hippolyta's Woody, it's a car, right? Is if they tag along, because Mo- is if she tags along with D Montrose, and then like there's this random character named Tree who <laughs> had, was in a previous episode <laughs> hitting on Letty, right? Who wants Letty, but knows that Tick is like all over her, and he's real shitty, kind of to Tick while he's at the museum, like kind of insinuating, hey your dad is totally like gay. Right. And it's, and he's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? And it's kind of like out of totally out I, of I don't field. Know. <laughs> and like that. And like that character does not show back up no. ever. Apparently he's ever again. left in Boston, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm not real clear why, but we go to Boston to a museum in Boston and they have to, kill some time they're using the going to the museum as a like a as an excuse like oh we'll just go to this museum to kill some time before we go do whatever else they that hippolyte is wanting to do go to the museum to kill some time before she wants to do what she wants to do before they get to actually go in at night and break in i guess Montrose knows the security guard. It's never explained but <laughs> in boston the security guard eventually less them in at night. We don't see that. No. But I, yeah. <laughs> so they're they're in the museum. It's a total, you know, national treasure thing. You gotta like line up the signs and symbols and it, somehow you go under the museum and you're in a grotto that's strikingly similar to the grotto underneath the house in Chicago. How far away is Boston from Chicago? It's it's pretty far, but not very far if you're underground apparently. I guess like because the earth's a circle that's it's really short if you're underground. <laughs> my head was just like I need to take some ibuprofen. <laughs> so they go anyway. under. They're underground. They're in underground Boston, and they find the guy. I, I there's a guy with a boat. I don't know if he was, was he a slaver. Like was he in the slave trade? I don't. I don't really know. It doesn't make sense. But he, right. he's. He, it's like one eyed Willie from the Goonies. He's got a boat and he's on the boat and he's got his pages. But there's like a some sort of hermaphroditic siren mermaid. I don't know what the fuck it's supposed to be. Guarding, know guarding the pages. <laughs> There's no reason to set this character up because of what happens. There's no reason so for this character. Th- there's this character who's there who was part of, again, I don't, was she like, she was like the magic woman for her tribe and so somehow she was she got... translating for this character okay, there you go for this guy however long ago but he cursed her 
And so they all look like they're dead. When they go to pick up the pages of the book, she comes back to life. Right. She is a representation of woman and man. So she's right. woman with tattoos and breasts, but she's got a penis. Right. Which is and, fine. I mean, they're doing the magic weird shit, which is, you know, got no problem yeah, with any of like, that. There's no problem with that. But the fact is, this character is useless. So they rescue they, the character. They're like, they they're like, if her. you help us with get these pages, we will somehow. I don't know what were they going to do. Are they going to break some kind of spell? I mean, she's alive again. They, so what? There's some. What spell some are they going to break? They needed her to help translate okay, the pages. Right. So what when they get her up her? there, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's in it for. Her. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Because when they get her up there, everyone goes to bed. Montrose comes in behind her rather creepily, puts his hand on her shoulder, and is like, I'm sorry for this. And he slits her fucking throat and kills her. So, like, so we've got this character we introduce, this mysterious <laughs> character that is going to translate the pages, and we're going to find what we needed, what Christina's after. She's she's killed by the end of the episode. She's killed like was, 12 minutes later. She could have been an interesting asset to the show, and they offed her within 10 minutes of discovering her. Could you imagine if they kept that character with some of the other shit they introduced later on? That would have been, a, like you said, a, an asset to the show, something else in the show. But Right. It's just not. It's not. So that's how that show, <laughs> that episode ends. Yeah. So Montrose... Okay, okay. I, I do want to say this. Yeah. If, if you're listening to this and you've not watched this show and you don't you're care, right. but but you're confused, <laughs> imagine it's okay watching it being confused. <laughs> because we are confused too. <laughs> imagine sitting through this and not knowing what the fuck you're watching. I mean, this is not like a David Lynch movie where you're confused and you can actually sit and talk about what things mean. This is confusion for the fact that for the sake of confusion. <laughs> the, for the sake of confusion, there is no deep talking. There's no deep meaning no, to any of this. Everything is right there on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> That's and unfortunate. There's no deciphering whatsoever. So. All right. So episode five ticks pissed off at Montrose <laughs> for killing the, the woman, man, he, man, he, he beats the fuck out of him. Right. Which is kind of like uh, payback because Montrose used to kick the shit out of tick. Apparently daddy was a very bad dad. Um, Letty stops him, um, has a bat in her hand and basically causes him to leave yep. because she was going to use it on him. Um, Montrose, I don't remember much. Montrose goes, uh, we find that we get confirmation that Montrose is gay because he goes. To yes, exactly. And, and so that's where he goes after Tick and Letty kind of chase him off. So we do get that confirmation. And they don't leave that off screen. They they do confirm that. No, that that is one hundred percent confirmed. Yes, there there's no leaving that up to like oh that ha- that's a thing. No, like okay, but, you left something in. Thank you. Yeah. So so the weird shit for this episode, the the thrust of this episode is that William, blonde guy, apparently survived the blast. Exactly. And, and he yeah. seduces Ruby, who's Letty's sister. Ruby is a big song singer. I mean, she's a she's like an Etta James type. She's a she sings. She's a singer, and she's a character up until now. I did not give a shit about. No, because and you had no reason to. Because you saw her in the, in the premiere, and she was yeah. just busting Letty's ass. 
You saw yeah. her in the haunted house. She's shown up like every. She's shown up on the odd number episodes. She's in one. Right. She's in three with the haunted house, and now she's in five. But <laughs> the you know the odd number episodes. Yeah. The, whatever. I was gonna make a Star Trek reference. Yeah, exactly. But no. <laughs> so she uh, is seduced by William. William is. She's like, you know, you, you pay for my drinks. I'll do whatever. This is the episode where they have sex to the Marilyn Manson song. I'm just like, come on, you couldn't have fixed something from the '50s that could have yeah, like any been more suitable. So William whatever. and Ruby have their tryst. Ruby wakes up and she's a white woman, and I she's did, a, uh, I did not recognize. She's a, Look, I was confused. I'm like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. Who is she supposed to be? Is yeah. I, I even for like a split, maybe not a split second, but maybe for like the rest of the episode thought, did they really whiteface her up? Is this like a, did they do that? And then I looked it up. It's like, oh no, no. Okay. So you okay? They, they, they actually who it yeah, is? Go ahead. Yeah. She is embodying the character we referenced earlier, the sheriff or female, whatever, whatever. from the, yeah. uh, the other town that l- her sister killed. That's who, the, who she is. So, she wakes up as that woman. Yeah. Which you don't know. She, she doesn't look anything like her because when we see that woman, she's like work. She's like, you know, like she just came in off the farm. She looks dirty. She's got the hat. She's right. Dirty. She's got the overalls, but yeah. no, when she wakes up, she's got her hair's down. She's completely naked. Right. And you're like, who is this? Who the, who the fuck this? is this? And you figure out it's Ruby and you come to find out that William slipped her a potion, a magic potion that turned her white. And so yes. Ruby, Ruby gets to live out her fantasies of, I get to go through this world as a white woman and not a black woman. And can I, she, can I say so something? She, hold on. So she does the one okay. thing she's always wanted to do. She goes and gets a fucking job. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> she gets a job. You can do anything. And I go get a fucking job. You a nine anything. to five. I got a punch well, in the like, time You can card. do whatever the fuck you want. She gets it's a job. magic. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I'm going to go punch a time clock. <laughs> nine to five. Before, before she does all of that. Okay. I don't know if you picked up on this. There's a Saturday Night Live reference. In this episode. What was that? Okay, so she is a black woman. Uh-huh. She is now she is now a white woman. She right. goes to a store to get ice cream, and she right. goes to pay for it. And, and the nice white man behind the counter gives it to her for free. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Eddie Murphy, dressed yeah. up as a white man, goes to the ga- yeah. gas station, and the white dude's like, no, man, just take it. It's yeah. free. <laughs> you can have it. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't caught that until you started talking. About it. I was like, okay, yeah. That was the first thing. Like, look, I love Eddie Murphy. Like, some of his stuff on SNL is some of my favorite shit. Yeah. I remember that from when I was, like, 12 when I watched that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, do white people really give things away for free? <laughs> Apparently in uh, SNL and Lovecraft Country, <laughs> yes, they do. Because, yeah, she gets free ice cream to go along with her job. Uh, so the the other ladies at the – she works at the department store uh, as a salesperson, you know, one of the ladies at the department store that sells shoes and shit. But she's a manager because she's white, I guess. I don't know. So are the other ladies, except for one. There's one black lady, and then it's kind of like this whole, you know, like – I don't know. It's this weird commentary on you've got to work twice as hard if you want to get half as far as the white people do is kind of what she's telling the black right. lady. But basically we find out that the white guy who's the manager of the store is 
trying to rape the black gal, I guess, because they like they all go out to a bar. They take they head they take us to one of the black bars on the south side. So they all go out and of course the other white ladies are scandalized by every fucking thing going on and the white manager of the store takes the one black lady that works for him out and tries to rape her in the alley. Ruby tries to sees, rape her. Yeah. This yeah. is like after Ruby um goes out into the alley first right. and she has, doesn't have her potion to drink she so so what happens when she doesn't drink her potion it literally just she starts coming out of yeah, the white the, all, body all that and it's skin like just, bloody yeah. the skin just rips apart it's really disgusting that's and it's but, a really cool effect it's like one of is, the things they did is, really well in the show it was like that effect it, it actually as much as i didn't give a shit about that character when i watched this episode and what she's going through like and seeing that shit, I was like, this is interesting. This is, I kind of wish this was kind of the, the season. Yeah. But so this, no. so this, yeah. So this episode is the whole skin changing. It's almost, it's almost like some of the werewolf effects you would see where somebody's, you know, turning into a werewolf, only it's the opposite in this case. She's got right. a disguise on, and it, if you don't take your polyjuice potion or whatever the fuck it is, <laughs> Then all the the disguise like just falls apart. It disintegrates. Big hunks of skin and shit just fall and hit the ground. It makes a nice big splattery wet sound as it comes off. And yeah, and, it's, a, it's and a really good. Ruby, Ruby's covered in gross slime and blood and yeah, gore. And she, and she sees this attempted rape as she's hiding behind the fence or whatever. Um, right. So she so she decides so she's she's pissed off but not really she's acting pissed off about i was tricked into giving this potion and i don't really want oh, to yeah, do this be- because um williams will williams like i need a favor from you right uh, the favor i get i don't know if this this i think this happens before no, what happens with the, the manager right? right yeah 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 it does so she has to go to one of the lodge meetings where the sheriff the evil sheriff from episode two who's like pissed off at Letty for having the house or whatever. Um, she has to hide something in his office and he's got for no reason. Of yeah, whatsoever, they, he's got like, he's got like revisited. a guy in his closet. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a dude in his closet. who's like being cut apart. I don't fucking know. Anyway. Yeah. Right. So, so the head of the, the North Chicago chapter of the fucking Eagles lodge, whatever they are, he's, I don't know. She's got to go hide. So it's like a rock or something, some, right? With some carving so, yeah, on so it or like rooms. Williams like go to this thing. She's hide dressed this up. In the she's, office. She, she have to hide this at the office, but you have to meet my friend there. And the friend is Christina. Right. So there's that. And she gives it to her. She hides it in the office. She has to hide it in his closet where the weird guy that's chained up is. We don't see her hide the object. We don't see her leaving the <laughs> office. We just find out later that oh, I guess she hid the object and because she, she comes back home yeah. just fine. Because she comes yeah, back home and gives it. William an earful like "fuck this, I don't like this," and then right. William's like, "Yeah, but I don't know, but you can still be white." So, <laughs> I guess that was like the only reasoning like I could find. Is like uh, you stick around, you can be yeah. white. So right. she so, so then she, she uses the all potion. That happens. She uses the potion. She goes to work. She attempts, pretends to seduce the the manager, the, the boss, to try to rape right. the, the black employee. And then she ends up, uh, she ends up, I assume, killing him. We don't know, but she certainly tortures. She certainly gives him the the shoe. She's wearing high heels. <laughs> she's wearing the high heels. She bends them over. She's basically high heeling him up the ass while all of her 
white skin is peeling off of herself. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I will say that it's kind of a great visual. Yeah. And his comeuppance, well deserved. Right. But ultimately, but it's, it's, still like, of, it's still like, well, that happened. <laughs> it's like, huh. okay, that's great. What, 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 where are we going now? Yeah. Because this show is kind of all over the place. Speaking of, so we get to episode six. <laughs> episode okay. six Bef- is going. Before we go, yeah. before we go any further. We're halfway through the season now. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I know I said earlier when Ruby was white and all this, I kind of wish this was the whole season. That was until I got to episode six. I actually, out of every episode, I like this episode. Six the best, yeah. I wanted the entire series oh, no. <laughs> to be about this. No, no, this is about, just one episode. This is the episode. No, <laughs> this is just one episode. But, you know, the whole... Okay, so Tick has this ex-girlfriend of sorts from right. Korea, that he calls. who's Korean, yeah, that it, he calls a few times, that but doesn't say anything because yeah. he's kind of a ghoster. Yeah, he's a ghoster. <laughs> but but she tells him he's going to die, right? She, she tells, tells him he's him going to die yeah. every time. But like, this is during Korea. She's a nurse. She works at a hospital or where they're patching up. Yeah, you know, hospital. everybody. Hus- you know, her friends are communist sympathizers, and. She, her it turns out she's a succubus. <laughs> no, no, she has. <laughs> it's a okay. No, no, look, look, look. It's called. Um, I don't remember what it's called. It's it starts it's a, with a K. There's a ton of them. They're all over different, all over Asian culture. In like Japan, it's a Kitsune. In Korean, it's a Kumiho. She is the. She, I forget what they are in Pokemon. <laughs> There's a name for them in Pokemon too. <laughs> she's a fox. With, a, she's a multi-tailed yeah. fox demon. It's kind of a. It's kind of a succubus though. Right. Yeah. Basically, she she has she was cursed. Something happened to her as a child. Yeah. She was so her mom. She just lives with her mom, and yes. apparently her mom's boy. The way I understood it was her mom's boyfriend raped her. Raped and, her, and I think she died. I think. And I think so the, 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 mom the mom saw took, a shaman. Yeah, the mom took the body to a shaman and wanted her daughter back. And what she got was this fox demon, multi-tailed fox demon in the body of her daughter. That's the and, way I read it. But I again, I don't know that how much of that was explicitly stated in the episode or how much of it is it, me having to fill in the gaps. See, I didn't even shit. know that if she died or not. I didn't yeah, know I, I, what I, fun I was going did, on. I don't know that. Yeah. But so basically the only way to get rid of the curse of the fox, demon, succubus, whatever you want to call it, she has to have sex with a hundred men and kill them with, you know, all these fox tentacles that come out of her. They're supposed Basically, to be tails, when, 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 they, when, yeah. when they come in her, that's when she's just like sucking the life out of them. Right. And, and she, when she, and she does gets, that, like, she, she gets sees, their memories. She gets all their experiences. She gets everything. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's so yeah, that's more in line with what I thought this show was going to be because that's pretty body horror. It is. It's, it's right. It's, it's a, it's a, it's an Asian ghost story kind of thing with elements of body horror and you're like, okay, I can do this because when she, she doesn't just like suck them. She like rips them apart. Like there's this like a big pool of blood and stuff. Just like, it, like it goes her. in their eyes. And it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. pretty nasty. 
she does this ritual where she lights one candle, but they all light up and yeah. she seduces them and then they fuck and they. <laughs> All, yeah. the, all these little fuzzy tentacles come out of her and like go up their asses and into their eyes and in their ears and up their nose and their mouth like any orifice they can get into and it just like rips them apart and then she's just like laying underneath them as like the big bloody like bucket of blood what? hits and, and then like the mom comes the mom in comes in with a mop and a sponge and it up. go get you another one I'll get this cleaned up in no time the best episode of the series yeah. <laughs> so far. I think was that that the, that's the first time we see we see Jamie Chung. We see all but of she, Jamie Chung. You, yeah, <laughs> no, she she, she showed up in episode. Scene, right? She showed she up in episode the, two. She was in the first yeah. episode because she was the alien woman coming out of the spaceship. Was she? I think so. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to watch that again. I think so. But she she is in episode two. Yeah, because. Pretty. There's a scene where all three of them, when her, when when Atticus, Letty, and Uncle George are in their rooms, she's all like, the white people are forcing like these visions on them. Right, and so she's, she's dressed as a soldier, and she's trying to kill Atticus, which in is his weird room. because she was never a soldier. <laughs> she's not a soldier, it's, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> so okay, so here she is. She's she's the only character who. No, but I mean, I when I when I say this is the first time we've seen her, I mean this is the first time she's had a nude scene. I think on anything that she's been in. I you know I know I know her from the Sin City sequel. Yeah, but I've only seen that once because it wasn't a good sequel. No, it wasn't. She she took over for Miho. Yeah, the the actress that played Miho because her, she was pregnant at the time. Yep. I want to go back and rewatch that movie because she I think is one of the better gave one of the Parts better of that, performances. Yeah. Like not just not because she was you know nude or whatever. Like right. I didn't. I'll go ahead and say this. Like the 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 actors in this show are great. Yeah. at what they do, the writing fails them. <laughs> it, it, it's it's almost like watching the new Star Wars trilogy where you have great actors, right. but you don't give a shit about their characters because the writing is awful. This episode. The writing may not be amazing, but, but it's, it's good enough writing. for yeah. It's good enough for me to actually kind of like sympathize with her character. Yeah, and so, what she's going through. Right. She's the best developed character, and it's only for one episode. Yeah, and so she's to the point where she's killed ninety nine. She has realized, decided. I don't know. She she's saying she doesn't want to do it. She's saying now that a hundred's not going to matter you're not going to get your daughter back. I'm still, I'm still a fucking demon. (laughs) There's this whole thing. Her mother doesn't think because she's a demon that she knows what emotion is that she can feel, but you see her and you're like, obviously she she feels, she has emotions. Yeah. So I think the mother seems to think that after the demon kills 100 men, that the demon will go away and her daughter's soul will be back in that body. I kind of, that's kind of the vibe I got from the mom. And so she's saying that ain't how the shit works. <laughs> when I get to a hundred, I don't know what's going to happen, but your daughter's gone. Her soul is not here. It's not coming back here. This is not, this is not what you think it is. And so right. she's at 99 and Atticus tick is he's, he's fighting for the good guys. He's in the, on the American side. He's an American soldier right. and they are trying Just- to find communist sympathizers and they're doing it by executing. They round up all the nurses that are in, you know, at the shift because they, the they 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 find they find out. Because again, I, I want to 
reiterate this is a prequel to everything else we've seen right so we find out in this episode that what's her name again jimmy Uh, chung's character gia gia we find out that her best friend is a communist sympathizer right and then towards the middle of the episode the americans find out oh someone is giving away Position leaking information intel, right. positions and it's coming from this particular shift that she works and it's her best friend doing it they line up all the nurses the one guy is going through he's killed one so far he goes to kill another but his gun doesn't work so he says private and out of nowhere you see tick tick comes up and kills this woman right next to her yeah blood hits her, her face friend. and everything yeah, yeah. And she, then, so she hates Americans. She hates the war. She hates the soldiers. The good guys that are helping to liberate them are killing her friends. Literally killed her best friend right beside her. She's got blood and brain all on her from it. So, um, so then after that, again, apparently there's a little bit of a passage of time or something. She's still working at the hospital, and Tick is wounded in some sort of fighting, and so now he's her patient. And she's right. she's wanting to kill him, but she she's can't. decided. <laughs> she she even tells her mom's like, "I'm going to do it. I'm going to kill the 100th person." Right, because he's the asshole that shot her best friend. But right. she doesn't. They. He's not a bad guy. He just did bad shit. She's a demon, but she's not evil. She still feels and has emotions, and they end up falling in love because. Who doesn't love the guy that shot your best friend and got a little something on you from it? Because they oh, like the way, because they like Hollywood musicals. Because they like Judy Garland. <laughs> yeah, because Ju- that's which when you first see her, you know she's like she's in the theater, she's watching that Julie Gar- Judy Garland movie, and they're singing. People get up and leave. She's the only one in the theater. She's dancing around and everything. Yeah. Like, oh, this is kind of cute. And then yeah, you find out she's just like imagining this, right? And but you you find out through various. Like, there's this whole weird, like, what is it? The dating, what do you call that? Where you go to a dating round where you sit at a table and people rotate. Like a speed dating kind of thing. Speed date. They're speed dating in Korea in the 1950s. Because they've got to, they've got to match (laughs) you up. There's a guy who's the matchmaker and basically he just... You, you you sit at a table and the, like all the women are on a long side of a table and all the men are on the long side of the office facing them. And then like you get two minutes and then you, so you, try, right. you try to talk and make some kind of connection. And then the only, everybody's the guys, no, only the guys have a score. Only, only the guys that score it. They keep drawing X's. She meets one guy and she connects with him over the Judy Garland movie. And he's and still fucking X's her out. <laughs> he still X's her out. Like, really? Yeah. I mean, shit. She's cute. She likes movies. Come on. Yeah. I, but did. apparently nobody likes that. Anyway. So, yeah. He, Tick, Tick invites her to the, to the base. after they fall in love, to the base. And he shows that movie. It's just him and her. They start falling more and more in love with each other. And then. This Tick, somehow Tick leaves the base i don't understand how that like he's not on leave is he is it after the war is he is he done i mean a soldier i don't don't, know i don't know they fucking leave and they go into this vaguely oriental asian like they're up in the woods and they're up in the mountains and it's snowing it felt more japanese than it did korean but whatever we're, we're going along with it so they yeah they've got a place i guess they rent it i don't know they got a place up in the mountains um where they're going to where he's again, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> he, he, 
He's there he's go- and he's talking about, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go back home and you can come with me. And she's saying, no, I can't. So apparently he's out. Is he out of the service at that point? I don't, again, we don't, we go from being on the base and they're watching a movie, but they're not watching a movie. They're fucking to now they're up in the mountains and he's talking about going home. And I don't know how he got there, how they got there. I don't know, but okay. Yeah. I, like I said, this, like there's better writing in this episode. Like I yeah. said, it wasn't the greatest, No, no. but it was my favorite episode of the season, but long story short, He's a virgin. He's about to have sex with her. She has found a way to have sex without killing people. Which I wonder how she does that because it's not like she practiced between number 99 and tick. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, So, I don't know. Yeah. So, they have a lot of masturbation and she's like, oh, 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 wait, I think I can do this. I don't know. She she can hold it, I guess. I don't know. But so they end up having sex again at her place. And then the foxtail tentacles come out and shit starts happening. She sees how he's going to die and it's not by her. Right. So like, and then then she lets go of him. He's like, what the fuck? And then he runs and leaves and the mom shows up. And then that's when the mom and her go up to the shaman. shaman again. Yeah. And I don't remember what the shaman said. Do you remember? Because it was just sort of like, okay. It was just really fucking ambiguous. Like the shaman like had her write down something on a slip of paper and she threw it in the fire and like the ashes blew off and the shaman didn't really say or do shit. She's just like, you have yet to see the darkness or something. Yeah. You don't even know. Yeah. You've not even stepped into the darkness yet or some shit like that. I don't fucking know. Right. Totally befuddling ending because again, why the fuck not? Yeah. Now, now that was probably your favorite episode, you think? Because my favorite, I think, is the next like, one. I like this episode too. Because like while, <laughs> while we have that story, that backstory thing going on, we also have Hippolyta's got the Ori, and she's figured out that if you line up the planets with the certain tilts and rotations and shit, it, it, like, open. it, it opens up and there's a key inside. And she's like, I'm going to take this key to fucking Kansas. The, I don't, the key. Oh, no, there's a latitude there, and longitude. There, That's there's why. latitude and longitude yeah, yeah. on the inside. So, so she, there, there is, there is some, there's some logic thinking. there. Yeah. Okay. Logic. So she says, I'm going to take this key and I'm going to drive to this latitude and longitude, which is somewhere out in Kansas. If I remember right. Or Kentucky is either Kansas or Kentucky. I don't fucking remember. I know there's a K. Yeah, I think, I, I think it was Kansas. I okay. think it was Kansas. So she, because apparently, uh, yeah, uh, go ahead. I, or no, wait, no, I'll no, no, inter- no. She went I'll, to Kentucky. Tick went to Kansas because Tick went to Kansas to no, find no, no, out no. more about the book. Tick went to St. Louis. I think he was going to Kansas though, and he stopped at St. Louis where he had some family to find out more about the book. He was going to because St. Louis it was, because it was like halfway that, between that, Chicago and Kansas. He thought that maybe this person who was a relative had the book, so he was in St. Louis. I swear she went to Kansas. Because somehow, so we know that Kansas and we know St. Louis are involved, and possibly Kentucky, but maybe not. Who fucking knows? Somehow, anyway, a weird. There's a weird time <laughs> shift of some yeah. sorts that happens. Apparently, uh, we'll get there. Apparently, geography doesn't matter in this fucking show because you can get from <laughs> Chicago to Boston in like a half a day. But it takes you can get from St. Kansas. Louis to either Kansas or Kentucky in just like thirty minutes. Yeah. If not. <laughs> 
But Hippolyta says, I'm going on research for the book. And she takes off. She's going to this latitude longitude where there's this like contraption that apparently is like a time machine, they think. So she sticks the key in, turns on the engine, and a fucking portal opens up. Tick shows up about the same time. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? She's like... Because okay. there are cops there. She yeah. kills the cops. And and she gets... Somehow... They both, they both get sucked into the portal. And but so, you only see what happens to her. Right. They both get sucked into the portal, and then the portal closes. And the portal opens back up, and Tick gets like spat out. Like, like whatever's in the portal just like fucking spit him out. And so he sees a book of the book Lovecraft country comes out of the portal with him, which, which you find out later. Apparently he saw a, someone in a hooded. Future? So he's in the future. He saw someone in a cloak with a robot arm, hand him this book. Right. So that's all we know. That's all we have. So he's, so he takes that shit and runs off the cops that were there at the building. The building is part of the cult. It's like the Kentucky or, and or Kansas chapter is running the building. I don't know. And those cops are dead. And Hippolyta was Hippolyta was traveling with the comic book that her daughter D draws. Every time that George would go off on a trip, she, that he would take this comic book with him that she drew. She'd always give it to him. And Hippolyta couldn't leave until she took the comic book too. So she's got the comic book, but it gets left behind at the scene of the crime with all these dead cop bodies while she's she's gone. She's sucked through the portal. She didn't pop back out like Tick did. We're assuming she's dead. Enter episode seven. Episode seven is what happened to Hippolyta on the other side of the portal. And I think that's probably the strongest episode because she wakes up and she's in this weird, like post-apocalyptic landscape and these aliens take her aboard their ship and she's trying to get out. She's stuck in a room and they're telling her you're not a prisoner here, but she can't fucking get out. So then it's, it's Hippolyta and she's shown throughout the show that she's, smarter than anybody else on the show apparently she's able to put together puzzles where seemingly other people couldn't couldn't, yeah and she she finds basically finds a way she she says yeah she like she she's we have no idea how long she's there but it seems like it's probably a long time because she's kind of losing her mind she's kind of talking to herself but she's figured out if i rip up the panels and get to the wiring i can kind of hot wire this son of a bitch i can maybe i can hot wire the door open so she's doing that stuff, trying to find a way to get out, to get back home. Uh, she does it. She like rips off the panels. She gets the wires cut and it's like this weird energy flowing through them. And she's like, she tries it. The door opens. She's like, fuck it. I'm out. The alien comes in, pushes her back in. Like, no, God damn it. She's like, what are you? Name yourself is what they're like. Who are you? What are you? The Hippolyta has lost her fucking mind at this point. She realizes she's not getting out of there. So I think she's like, where do you, the, the lady's like, you could be anywhere you want to be. Where do you want to be? And she's like, I want to be on stage with Josephine Baker in Paris. And sure enough, she gets teleported to Paris in the 1920s. And she's on stage doing the titty dance with all the chorus line and Josephine Baker. And she's there. She's, she's, she's she has no idea what the hell's she's, going on. She's memorized. She's mesmerized. She's, she's not doing the dance. Everyone's like, hey, pay attention. She's like, oh. Um. But then she, but yes. then Josephine kind of takes her under her arms. Like, hey, we all have that night where we can't do shit. It's all right. So she takes her under her arm, teaches her the dance. And they, there's a hint that maybe they're kind of fucking a little bit or messing around because all the dancers are like, they're all over the the spectrum here as far as, you know, there's some of them are clearly lesbian. Some of them look like they're probably bi because I think they're with men in one scene and with women in the other. And then, you know, there's just kind of this 
heavy flirtation going on between Hippolyta and Josephine Baker. And I, I remember watching this episode while I was eating at Waffle House and I was like, <laughs> oh, Shit. I, I, needed, I, I, needed, I didn't turn it off i just darkened my screen a little bit just like whoo okay sorry waitress sorry you saw that but but hippolyta has gained like this confidence like i could do anything i fucking want to do is basically what she's the lesson she's learned she and, grows stronger as a character yeah and she's and been then, a character that's just sort of been there and then and so she and josephine are kind of talking about you know life and reality and society and Hippolyta is like I am you know Hippolyta the fucking the warrior or something so now I she's Hippolyta, like yeah yeah and now she's like in like it's almost this as uh, you know Amazonian kind of like paradise island you know because Hippolyta Greek name it's also the name of uh, Wonder Woman's mother Diana right. is her daughter so there's a strong it, 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 connection it, it, it's there a it's a very very strong Wonder Woman kind of vibe going on there so they're fighting what appears to be some sort of like British imperial colonial you know with they've got the Army. tan suits on with the big hats and and, the, and her and all the rest of them are just slicing the shit out just of just kicking the fuck out of these guys <laughs> they've got guns and they're they've got like spears and shit and they're just Doesn't running matter. through them. They've got badassery and swords. So, but she didn't start yeah. that way. She started She started getting her ass kicked, and she had to learn to right. fight, had to learn to do that shit. So, again, like you said, she's she gained the confidence early on that I can be and do whatever I want. She gets her ass. She pops into this fucking battle, and she's training, and she's, like, getting stronger physically and martially. You know, she's, like, figuring out the battles and stuff, and they wipe out this the squadron of these Imperial conquerors. And then here comes the rest of the army over the hill come running at them. And they're, she's like, fuck them. We're going to make our stand. And then she names it. And she's like, I am Hippolyta. And I don't fucking know. The next thing she knows, she wakes up in bed with dead George. Oh yeah. She's, I am Hippolyta wife of George. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Because she every tells him she, every time she says, I am Hippolyta. Whatever comes next is what happens next to her. Yeah. Where she so goes. she says, I am wife of George. She's in bed with George. She tells him the story. And then he points out, like, it's funny or it's great that you said you're Hippolyta, wife of George. Right. Which kind of like makes her think. And like, then she has this weird. Really? Yeah. What am I really? This revelation. But she, she realized. She but, she realized te- but she George, tells George that George, you've been putting my ass on the shelf and not yeah. letting me be the full me. As much as much as I loved you, as much as I felt like you were going to like let me be, you put me on the shelf a little, yeah. you know. And then he's just like, "Wait, what? What?" And then he's like, "Oh shit, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I did you are that. so much more than just the wife of George." Yeah. Because that was always the exactly. sore point was that George would go out on these expeditions to find places to write about for the guide. And he would always leave her at home to do the putting the work together, taking his words and typing them up and putting them in the guide. She she never had a voice. She never got to go on the expeditions. She was just kind of at home raising the daughter, making taking what I do and making it publishable. But she was never had her own voice. So he's like, right. you're right. So she says, that's right. I am Hippolyta, the explorer. And now she's fucking floating around. She and George are in space finding new civilizations, finding new alien worlds. She's exploring space. And so it goes back to now she is, you know, that, that first scene in the show, in that pilot episode, 
It's got little pieces of things that you're going to see at some point during the show, but not all at once and not in order and not in the context you think. So, you know, now she is like the space explorer, which again, we have some of that in that first scene where we have this alien ship and now she's kind of flying that same ship now as she and George are exploring the cosmos and the aliens that captured her or whatever come to her and they're like, you're fucking complete. <laughs> there ain't nothing left for you to do. Why don't you come with us and we'll turn you into basically a, a God kind of thing. Right. This cosmic entity you can do and see whatever you're, you're, and she like, and she thinks about it. I think for a minute, she's kind of, she she's kind of there. But then she's like, I have to take care of my daughter. Yep. And so she doesn't. She yeah. doesn't go with them. Okay. So they offer her to be a god. Okay. I'll bring that up here in a little bit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So she says, no, I got to go back to my daughter. Okay, cool. So I thought that was a good, I thought that was one of the better episodes because it wasn't trying to tell a story. All this, right. all this disjointed, fragmented storytelling they've been doing throughout has sucked ass when it's tried to be in service of a narrative, of a fairly linear right. narrative. This episode was less of a prose story of reading from you know front to back of a book and more of like a book of poems almost. It, this was more poetic and less point A to point B to point C to point D, on and on. So I enjoyed right. that aspect of it. I felt I, like it was visually, this, it was a better, like I said, it was more like a poem and it told right. the story without having to literally tell the story because they've struggled with telling the story up through seven episodes at this point. They, they really have. Um, like I said, this is like, I loved episode six. I, I'm just going to say I love Korean films. Yeah. So the whole Korean story involving all that was just, sort of like you know Got i love that it. shit yeah, yeah. so like that's probably my favorite episode but this one is just like okay here's the korean episode here is this episode yeah it's like right there yep so the, yeah they, they certainly have the two strongest episodes kicking off the second half of the of the season episode six in korea episode seven in the multiverse which is what we figure out that's what it is it's not time travel per se it's like the multiverse no, and she's skipping around and <laughs> right so, yeah, the two strongest episodes, I think. Um, although the next episode, I, th I feel like we've got, I, th I feel like these three, six, seven, and eight, are pretty strong back to back. Um, I feel like, I feel personally like seven is the strongest of the three. I know you like six best. I think we both agree that eight is probably the weaker of the three, but it's better than most, most of the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Episode eight. So, this is where. Um, <laughs> We have the death, the lynching, the murder of Emmett Till, which is a very real thing. Um, I didn't look it up to confirm that we're okay on timeline stuff because I have thought I didn't realize that was post Korean War. I it felt like that's always been earlier, but honestly, it's not something that's taught in school. So it's was hard he to, okay? I know we didn't bring this up. There is an earlier episode where D, who's the the child of right. Hippolyta and George, her and her friends are playing with a Ouija board. Right. 
was he one of the kids? Because I think she was so. friends with him. Yeah, I think so because that was that was her friend Bobo was what she called you know, called him, and so I think he might have been one of those kids. Yes. Okay. That See, was in, that's that what was in the haunted house episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I so, wanted to clear that up. So she. So they. You know. It, what happened was this boy was brutally tortured and murdered. And when his body was found, you know, his family basically put the body on display for the public and said, look what they did to my kid. And it was kind of the start of real racial discussions and tensions and moving towards the civil rights movement slowly, but surely. So I guess timeline, it probably does line up again. I'm not, I'm not questioning the timing of it. I just, I, it's not something like I said, they don't teach this shit in school because when I was in school, the people that were been involved in that would still have been alive. And so it's not history. It's like, you don't talk about the shit while the people are still alive. It seems like <laughs> that's just what the right. perception of it. Um, but D can't, can't see the body. I mean, they can, they, it's like the hottest day of the summer. And they're even at some point, somebody mentions like, what's that smell? And they're like, it's the body inside the church. And, and they're all like the whole city is like outside trying to get in to see it. And so D takes off, uh, when she takes off Northside policeman, grand wizard of the local clan, whatever he comes over to her and wants to know about her mother, Hippolyta, because they found the they, comic that had D's they found name the comic. On the body of a dead cop there. at the at the multiverse machine, she says, "I don't right. have any fucking idea what you're talking about because she doesn't have any idea what you're talking about." So he puts he and one of his buddies put it some sort of use magic, put a curse on her, and so she sees with some of the most disgusting maggoty spit I've ever seen. Yeah, when he spits on her forehead, I was like, "Oh, that's so stringy. That's disgusting." Yeah, come on, okay. So she's like pursued through the rest of this episode by this very minstrelly Jim Crow, like these two black girls, but they're like in the sack dresses, like made out of like burlap sacks. They've got the, the tight knots in the hair. And There's the main one that's chasing her. And then there's another one that's always just sort of watching. Yeah. That other one is, I think it's her. It's her, the same actress. Is it? It's because it's, that's what she's turning into. I think. I don't know. Cause you, again, they don't, you, tell what, you, what, when they kind of get to her, right? You see her sort of like growing the hair and right. the look of them. So, yeah. yeah, no, they're turning her into them. It's some sort of a demonic thing, and it it feels kind of you know that's so that's this episode's weird shit is you got the demon things chasing her, and it felt I took that as kind of Ghostbustery and that like. You know, a little bit. Na- name your name the you know name the destroyer, and so you know Dan Aykroyd thinks of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, and so that's what's coming to destroy so the city. She, she sees a copy of uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin. Uh, Uncle she sees Tom's the cover. Cabin. She sees the cover. And there's got the there's girl the song on Knock Knock Knock. Let us in. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that's kind of what's chasing her throughout the whole episode. It's really well done. Really creepy. Um, yeah. A strong, you know. It, there's multiple layers to it because it's not just demons chasing her. It's very, you know, port- racist portrayals of black women, uh, black children at the time where there's this racist killing of Emmett Till. So it, this works on multiple symbolic levels. Um, and I right. it's, it's, it's a very strong, um, she ends up, going to the police officers at the lodge and is like, the fuck you do to me and take it off. And they're like, no, she's dead already. No, they say, if you'll get us the Ori, she's like, 
what's the guy say? Like, do you know what an Ori is? She's like, fuck yes, I know what an Ori is. It's like she doesn't, you know. He's like, get us the but Ori. She's, she's, she's not going to do it. She's no. And so the other cop goes after. He's like, fuck it, she's already dead. Yeah. So so she's still running, but she she's she at that point she stops running from the demons. She's still scared of. She doesn't want him touching her. But now she's like hurtling towards them on her bike, screaming. She's got a, a little bit of her mom in her at this point. She's like, "Fuck it! If this, if this is the way I got to go down, I'm going down fighting." She's playing. She's she's playing chicken with them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, while that's all going on, <laughs> we find out. We find out that oh, William, who's been alive, having sex with Ruby, making her turn white. Oh, that's not really William. We find out that William was actually killed by that sheriff, that evil sheriff. Right. And that it's actually Christina, his sister, lover, sister, cousin, fucker. I don't know. <laughs> Is they doing were, the same I think, potion. I think they were fucking at some point. I think she was getting to that. Yeah, she's doing the same potion, and it's turning her into William, so she can, you know, go around and do what she's doing. And then you, she shows Ruby down in like this basement. There's William's body, and then we see the other woman's body, who which is was the first from, time you make that connection. That oh shit, that's you're like the groundskeeper oh, or whatever. That's who the fuck that is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And so she's got some kind of weird serum from their blood that she's harvesting from their dead bodies. That when you drink it, you turn into them. Right. It's not so much that Ruby's turning into a white person. It's just, that's what the potion is. You're turning into that person. Right. And that's what Christina is doing. She's turning into William. Because Christina's thing throughout this whole series is it sucks not being a man because guys it's the boys club it's the good old boys, boys club. club yeah and if you're not a man you get pushed to the sideline which we saw in this and, in episode two that's how it was oh and, and another little thing where we're just like oh so this happened i guess <laughs> william her brother lover whatever was apparently the rightful heir to this lodge of some sorts but the sheriff shot him in the back and killed him. We didn't see any of this. No, no, we're just told about it. <laughs> we're just told about it. Like Exposition we saw is him. Al- <laughs> we saw him alive at some point, and then he's not alive. Yeah. Or we still see him alive, and it's apparently not him because it's her pretending to be him, maybe, and seducing <laughs> and seducing Ruby. And then there's this really intense sex scene between her and. Ruby, where Ruby takes the potion and turns into the white woman. This doesn't make sense to me. So during the sex, even though we don't see... The potion wears off, but it doesn't wear off on Christina the entire time. You don't see her drink anything else. No. But while they're having sex, while Ruby is basically coming, all the skin is just ripping off of her. Blood's going everywhere. I think there's probably uh, some symbolism things going on there because, <laughs> because again, Ruby is shook by the murder of Emmett Till as well, and that's what she gets at Christina and is like, "Does any of this even do, fucking matter do you, to you? <laughs> do you even care?" She's like, "I don't care about yeah, him. Really I don't care about she, she." She lists the names of the guys that killed him. It's like, "I don't care about them either." Yeah, but and then they, she's like, "I don't think you really care either," and gives her reasons. And then there's like this and intense love scene after she's turned back to William and then she turns into whatever the woman's name was. They fuck, but for some reason Ruby's body wears (laughs) off and Christina's doesn't. (laughs) Sure. But then Christina does, but then Christina does go and pay some locals 
to kill her in the same way yes. that Emmett Till was killed. So I think she's trying it, to feel something or she's trying she's trying to care matter. about something. No, it doesn't. It she's doesn't a, matter because she's she immortal. doesn't say anything. She well, doesn't then, tell her this. No. And Nobody it's like, knows that she did this except she, the guys that did this to her. Okay, can we talk about the fact that she is searching for immortality? That's her That's her reason for being in the show. She's already immortal. They kill her, but she doesn't die. And she and Letty goes to Christina and says, Tix had visions. He's got this Korean side piece that told him he's going to die. Can you make him immortal? And Christina says, no, I need to kill him. I need his blood, but I'll make you immortal. So Christina knows how to make these people immortal already. She's already immortal herself. That's why she has them kill her. So she can feel the torture and the death. See, so I never she's already, understood. If she's any already of this. immortal. Why is she chasing immortality? Why does she need to do the ceremony? I don't know. I don't okay. know. Just make sure. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, like you just said, um, Letty's like he's got this Korean side piece. Joe, what's her name? Jin, Jin John, Gia shows up at the blue in Chicago at the boarding house in Chicago at the boarding house, which pisses her off, which pisses Letty off. And Letty's like, get ready to leave. And then Tick's like, where are you going? And they argue. And then it ends with him leaving. She's like, where are you going? <laughs> so Tick takes off while he's gone. Uh, cop, cop wizard guy shows up at the house because the house. he's looking for the Ori still. He thinks it's there. So he tries to come in. He can't because of the exorcism thing that happened. There's still the blood the on the door. Fit. Right. So he's so he's like I can't. There's like a hundred. Co- there's like twenty cops outside. Yeah. Oh yeah. They they start shooting. Them. And one guy gets in. One guy walks through who apparently is not part of the clan. He walks right. on in. Why not tell that guy, hey, go up to the top floor and look for the fucking Ori. I'm going to check around out here. Now no, he's, he's just, just like, like come let's on back. go. Yeah. They start shooting the place up. They start shooting the house. Letty sees tick 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 walks up the street as the sh- as the as they're shooting the house. Tick's like, what the fuck's going on? They see oh, him. Wait, they- wait, wait, wait. Before we even go any further, we skipped Tick and Montrose. Oh, yeah, yeah. They Did we skip them going back and... No, no, that's, to- that's the next one. That is the next episode? Yeah, next episode, yeah. We'll get there. So okay, so, that. but yeah, they, 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 they do... They Montrose and Tick do this spell where they want to protect... Tick. The... Yeah. Tick and the family, whatever. Yeah, protect the bloodline kind of thing. Yeah. Protect the bloodline. They do it. They feel like it doesn't work. Yeah, nothing happens. So nothing cool. happens. Tick's disappointed. So. He's walking back. The cops all see him. They turn on him because the house ain't fucking shooting back. So they turn on him. They're like black man in the street. They all point their guns because apparently that's what cops do. And they're like, you know, fuck, who's this guy? And so Letty sees even, even though his hands are up, up and right, right, and he's unarmed. The guy yeah. shoots. Somebody, she's somebody, out. somebody shoots. Letty sees this. She's running out. She's gonna jump in front of Tick and take the bullet because she's immortal or bulletproof or whatever the fuck she is. But she can't get there because that's a long way to fucking go. You can get right. from Boston to Chicago in like you know twenty Five minutes, minutes, but you can't get across the yard in like the time. No, anyway. <laughs> So Tick sees the bullet coming like in slow-mo, like, oh, fuck, here it comes, you know. And then, <laughs> and then, and then the one, of the, one of these monsters from episode one comes out of the creature. ground. Yeah. Fucking pops and out of the ground, 
takes the bullet for two. Yeah. And, and then, then she starts ripping the shit out of all the cops, <laughs> all the white cops. They're yeah. all like getting the shit ripped out of them. You see, like, Tick and Letty are running around. They look up and you see a, a guy flying. <laughs> <laughs> or half a guy. Or, and, so, and like, to your point earlier, shouldn't those guys be turning into fucking demon monster dog things too? Right. Right. <laughs> They're not. It's like, Okay, like they completely geez. broke the rules from episode one. We're only on episode eight, and you fucking broke the rules, right? But he's got a pet. So, he's got a pet demon dog now. He's got a pet demon dog. You see him rip the sheriff, right? While the sheriff has the gun in his hand, and he shoots, and the car explodes, and yeah. it's pretty action epic. You assume the sheriff's dead. Yeah, we think that. Yeah, because who could survive? explosions and demon dogs and all kinds of shit but right so so apparently letty is bulletproof because christina made her bulletproof or immortal or what the fuck ever and tick is got a fucking demon dog now that is gonna protect him so we're doing pretty good right like what more does a guy need you're in pretty good shape but d eventually the the demon creatures the the Jim Crowettes come and they like finally get a hold of her. She's swinging a bat, like fucking bring it on. She's down in the basement. Montrose, Montrose comes down there and he's like, what the, he doesn't, he doesn't see anything. What's going on? All he sees is her swinging a bat. Yeah. They're clumped. He grabs her, but then she starts bleeding because they're clawing the shit out of her. And her arm turns black and withered from where she got scratched. And that's into that episode. We get to the next episode, episode nine. We're almost through the season. D is having problems with the fucking scratch. She's being consumed by whatever this curse is. Hippolyta shows back up out of the fucking blue and is like, where's my baby? And D's like dying. They get Christina. They're like, we got to save. We got to save D and Tick and Letty are like, Christina's not going to fucking help us. And Ruby's like, no, she'll help because she, she'll help me. <laughs> she'll help because she's, you know, been my male fucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Christina helps them do a spell to slow down the kind of, kind of reverse, but mostly slow down the progression of the curse, but tells her for, this, for at this least is, 24 hours. Yeah, this is not something? permanent. This is not going to fucking fix it. You're going to have to take care of this shit yourself. Okay. So this is what I don't get. So, they needed the blood of the police captain who died right. to get something, and that could have helped reverse it. So Christina, after this, leaves, or no, before she even does this, she leaves. She goes and sees the captain who is still kind of alive. They're like Frankensteining him, like some of the bodies that were in the closet. Yeah. Yeah, with, you know, parts of African-Americans that they've killed and trying to Frankenstein them back to life and it's not working. So, I mean, I guess she could have helped them better, but she didn't because she wants what she wants. Yeah, she wanted so to, I, she I, wanted that guy to die anyway because he's the one that killed her brother lover, William. So Her brother lover. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like another SNL skit coming on here. <laughs> Justin Timberlake I, and Andy Samberg and... Right, brother lover, brother and lover. and just just get Abby Lee to be the the woman. So, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, exactly. like I, I'm gonna go ahead. And, I'm gonna confess. I love Abby Lee. I, ever since I saw Neon Demon, right. so I'm go. glad she's in this show. Even though it was kind of a what whatever show, right? And her character was kind of whatever. I you know I enjoy her. 
So fair enough. I get that out of my system. There's a you can you can work on that. Remember, this is we've learned this week. You do not masturbate on Zoom, so <laughs> so keep that in your pants for now. All right, so. Hippolyta, they say, the only thing I can save D is to get the fucking book. And the last time anybody saw the book, it was in Tick's grandmother's house in Tulsa in 1921. The house burned down during the Tulsa massacre, the bombings, the, the burnings, the killings, all of that. So Hippolyta says, get in the car. We're going to take a five-minute trip down to the fucking time machine, multiverse machine, and... Letty and Tick and Montrose are going back to Tulsa 1921 to get the book out of the house and bring it back to the current time, 1950-something, in order to right. save D. Montrose is fucking terrified of this. He's like, <laughs> he's getting liquored up just to be able to get through the fucking portal. Because right. He's, this he's is not a good drinking, time. He's basically drinking moonshine or whatever the fuck yeah, it is. Non-stop. Yeah, so... When they finally get over there, Tick's like pissed off at him. You know, okay, so this is what I was thinking. Tick has been to Korea. Right. He knows what the fuck it is to be shell-shocked. Right. Montrose survived what happened in Tulsa. He's clearly fucking shell-shocked. Yeah. Don't be an asshole to him. Yeah. He's all like, I'm tired of your bullshit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, the guy <laughs> suffered some horrific shit as a child. As we're be- about to see again. He's about to go through it all again. Sympath- yeah, he's about to go through all of this again because we literally Star Trek generation this and put them <laughs> right before all the shit happens. Yeah, they couldn't have gone back an extra <laughs> 10 minutes earlier. No, no. <laughs> we got to go now. This is where it is. So, yes. So, they yes. get back. And there's also there's this lingering thing now where where potentially Tick is not Montrose's son. Potentially George is his actual Which biological father. They set up in episode two. They set it they up set all it, along. Yeah. And I, I will say this throughout each episode, I felt like Tick was growing more and more look wise. Right. Like George, because yeah. suddenly he's got the glasses yep. and going into suits. Just, and yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, he is looking like Uncle George a little bit more, isn't he? Yep. Yeah. So, again, so he finds out about that. Do, doing well. Too bad they couldn't write it into the script. But yes, they they do things with costuming and with mannerisms and with his character that to make him appear more to be more George's son. Like there's probably some truth to this. Um, so they go back. They say, "Don't fuck anything up." It's 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 back to the future paradox shit. Don't touch anything. Don't talk to anybody. Just get the shit and get out. Don't fuck your mother. Don't fuck your mother. <laughs> so. As they are debating and talking about this, Montrose slips off. So Tick's got to go find him to keep drunk Montrose from fucking up the future. Letty's got to go get the book. As they split up, that's when shit starts. Guys are in rednecks and trucks are shooting at Letty. She gets pulled into Tick's grandma's house, and they're, like, getting the guns. They're boarding up. They're, like, ready for the shootout. Meanwhile, Tick follows Montrose to the park where... Montrose the child ran to meet his lover at the time. They're both like teenagers. Thomas. Thomas and they they Montrose because he just got his ass beat by his dad for trying on George's prom outfit and trying on and the, the corsage. Cr- the, cr- the, the corsage. Yeah. 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 That was the big thing. So so Montrose and George's dad knows he's a gay man and cannot handle it. He's trying to beat beat the gay out of him. 
Montrose runs to the park where he meets Thomas and breaks it up with Thomas. He's like, fuck it, I can't do it. I'm not gay because I'm tired of getting my ass beat, basically. And Montrose is there. Montrose wants to spare him, wants to save him because he, he, when Tick shows up, he tells him the story. He's like, Thomas, he gets shot in the head right here. And you, you get the sense that, like, he wants to, like, just save him. But then. And, well, it's not just the sense. I mean, he's pleading with Tick. Like, yeah, this is not going to fuck. This is not going to matter. Let me save him. It's not going to change the course of history. It's not going to fuck anything. But I'm Tick's still like, going to be your will. dad. Yeah. yeah Tick's like it will because, you know, because, yeah, when you think about it, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. It's the future. If you prevent a death, then there's no chance that you're actually going to still meet Tick's mom. He's right. still going to be born. You know, all this shit. So eventually he doesn't go through with it, right. but he remembers but yeah, there's Montrose a story tells, about, yeah. Montrose tells the story that apparently he's told his whole life. Cause Tick has yeah, heard the story Tick and it's even, it's it. even part of his dream in the first, again, we see bits of, we see bits, out. Of, bits yeah. of it. Yeah. But there's a guy who there's a mysterious stranger who shows up because Thomas gets killed. The gunshot brings George and Tick's mom, whose name I cannot fucking remember, to the park where the rednecks are going where, to kill Montrose. Where Montrose is. Yeah. And he's like, thankfully, he only had one gun yeah. because... Otherwise, and they'd then all they're, been dead. Right. And then this mysterious stranger shows up with a baseball bat, beats, and just the, beats fuck the, the fuck out of the rednecks, <laughs> and looks at Montrose and says, I got you, kid. That's the story yeah. Montrose has told his entire life. Tick's heard it a million times. They do a Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban thing where like they're watching... They're waiting for the fucking mysterious stranger to show up. George and Montrose and Tick's mom are just getting their asses kicked and they're still waiting. And they see the baseball bat that Montrose had grabbed earlier to go save Thomas. He had dropped it while he and Tick were talking. And so Tick picks it up and that's when old man Montrose looks at him and is like, oh shit, you were the stranger that saved (laughs) You're the stranger. So he takes the bat and... He gets his beats the <laughs> fuck out of a bunch of redneck white dudes, which is and awesome. Kind of glorious, <laughs> it <is>. yeah. <laughs> and, beats and, the fuck out of him and, and plays the part. He looks at young Montrose, is like, "I got you, kid," and then he disappears to get back to the future. Um, Letty's trying to <laughs> Letty's sneaking around the house looking for the book. Uh, Tick's that was good. Tick's grandma finds Letty snooping around in her drawers, looking through stuff, trying to find the book. But he's like, I knew you were off from the first book. She's, she, like, she, 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 yeah, she's she wearing saw, Converse. Yeah, she's wearing right? sneakers. Yeah. So she she's like, what the fuck's up? Letty's like, I'm from the future, and the only way to protect the future is for you to give me the book, and that means you all have to die in a horrible fucking house fire. And Grandma's like, all right, here you go. <laughs> Here's the book. <laughs> It's hiding behind this painting the whole yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. And Letty's like, "Oh fuck, I didn't look behind the painting." So you have you know Tick, Tick and Montrose get back. Letty's not back yet. Hippolyta's you, 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 okay. The so you see Letty hold the book because she's immortal. Yep. Everything's burning down. You see the grandma catch the flames and fucking die in front of her. Right. Which is kind of kind of like oh that's awful, but you know it's a good effect. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, they get back. She's not there. The The portal's not sustaining itself. Tick right. goes through, and Hippolyta's like, I can't hold it much longer. And then, like, it closes. 
Yeah. And then he forces her to open it up some more. And Montrose is just standing at the window, just like <laughs> looking at Tulsa burning. Watching and the bombs Let- dropping. and <laughs> Bombs are dropping. Letty is taking her sweet <laughs> fucking time. Thank you. Yes. Walking through <laughs> That's where I was everything. Going. Oh she's just God. fucking, like, she's just strolling. She's like fucking like, I'm going to take this in. And what's in that shop window over there? Like, yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> like Hippolyta's like eyes are like white and rolled back. She, her hair Vomiting from her mouth. Her hair turns blue. She can't hold this much longer. Letty's just like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, take her to sweet fucking time to get there. Like, my, could, could somebody like bust out the window and be like, "Get your ass in here!" The portal's closing. Mont- yeah. <laughs> Montrose can see her. I'm just like, is he gonna bust window? Like, hey, get your ass up here! No, hey, he does portal's it. closing. You got to move. No, no. <laughs> Letty could have taken the elevator, but she decides to take the stairs up to the second she floor. Took the stairs. <laughs> She had a test first. <laughs> she went to check the kitchen to see if there's anything in there. You, you know, hungry. She 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 found a ham sandwich. She was hungry. Montrose is like, is there another sandwich? She goes back and looks. Did you bring me a sandwich too? <laughs> no, but you know, there's bread and butter. They, they make okay? a batch of moonshine. They let it age. You know, <laughs> oh they God. drink. Finally, finally, they jump through. And so, then light is already just like her hair's blue. She looks like the character <laughs> that her daughter created. And, right. <sighs> yeah. So, but they're back in episode nine. We're back. We got the book. Now the book is in the current time. So it's time to fucking move the story to its climax because the lady who's the blonde lady who's immortal wants to be immortal. She needs to get the book. The, the the A team the, they decide we're gonna use this spell against her. So Tick and Letty and Montrose are like trying to come up with like a counter spell so that whenever Christina tries to kill Tick, she's actually going to end up killing herself, which involves right. them like going on like this is like National Treasure Part Two. They go back and they summon a ghost <coughs> in a circle with like Tick's grandma and mom and. Tick it's like National out. Treasure. <laughs> Tick cuts it's like off National like Treasure Part it. Two, but there's there's no Sean Bean, so no. not as good. So they they cut they cut off, but they got Ed Harris. So, but they cut right. off like a section was, wait, of this guy. Wait, 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 wait. That was Ed Harris in Part Two. Just, National Treasure Part uh, Two. Not uh, in oh not in not, not in oh Episode Ten of No I thought, No. I thought you said the guy was Ed Harris. Like wait, no, no, what? no, no. Okay, no, okay. All right, all right. No, you're right, right. I only saw that one once. (laughs) Okay. They summoned this ghost of, like, I guess he's, like, the ancestor that everybody keeps talking about. That Titus? Is is he the Titus? I think that's Titus. Is he the Titus one? I think so. Okay. Anyway, so Tick ends up, like, cutting off a chunk of his skin, like, off of his tit, off of his peck. I thought it was part of his heart, but I guess it's it's just his skin. So, like, he just, like, cuts off a circle of his skin because he needs that guy's skin, and he needs Christina's blood or, you know, her, he needs both of those to be able to stop this spell. So... Ooh, I have a question. Yeah. The grandmother that Letty talked to yes. who she got the book from. That is not... Who was... The, that's Tick's grandmother, but she is not the slave that ran out of the house with the book. I, I know, but okay. who is that actress? I don't know. We could look it up. Because... You know, I don't want to be an asshole, but like, I thought maybe she was like in uh, the 
Blake man back in the day, like Damon Wayans' mom that got right. killed or whatever. I don't remember. It, it just I got that vibe. Like I, I think that actress in Blake Man was probably the same age as the actress in this. So I right, you know, it's just two older actresses, right? But because I remember that actress, I think was part of like Carmen San Diego, the TV show back then. Yeah, day. it's not that same lady. I don't think. Uh, Ooh, okay. I don't, no, I'm pretty sure it's not her. Oh. That okay. was because let me. I'm gonna look to it look up. up now. I'm looking it up. Hold on. Keep talking. <laughs> keep talking about the episode. Talk, talk to us Good about uh, about Letty and uh, Letty. Letty needing to get some blood from uh, Christina. Okay, so yeah, Letty needs blood from Christina. So since Ruby is pretty much like fucking Christina, it's sort of like they they have withheld to show anything lesbian <laughs> because Letty has been a white woman or herself while fucking William. Right. And then, like, she finally just sort of like, Christina needs blood because that blood needs to go with what piece that tick cut off. Ah, this is so confusing. Um, <laughs> you need some she's help? at the, no, she's at the, um, she's at their mama's graveside. The mama's grave. Ruby shows up. They talk. Ruby's just like, you know, every time you want to rekindle, blah, blah, blah. It's always because you want something. Every time you want to be my sister. But then she's like, well, let me tell you something else. Because she needs blood from Christina. And then it cuts to Ruby is downstairs in the basement where William's body and the one woman's body is. Christina shows up. Christina's showing her things. You see Ruby look at the vial of, I guess, blood. And then they seduce. It shows like a seduce. They kiss. It ends. Right. You don't say anything else. The way it, because, yeah, Christina told, she asked, Ruby asks about the potion. Like, why do we have to keep these two corpses down in the basement? And she's like, well, to make the potion, I've got to put a little bit of them and I got to put a little bit of myself in there. It takes some of my hair and skin and blood and both. So she's, Never said a word about that shit before, but now she's like, okay. Suddenly, yeah. suddenly it's a thing. If if they bad, need if bad, they need bad writing. Yeah, if they need blood or they need a piece of Christina, if I get this potion and take it to them, then that, that gets them what they want, basically is what that is that comes down to. So she should have just got the potion and, and just been like, I'm out. gonna take it now and got the fuck out. Yeah. So I don't want to spoil it because we're not there yet. But yeah, so, so she what she ends up doing is apparently they fuck and you know they so they because Christine is like, have you, only, ever, you ever done this before? And she's like, nope, my first time. Because and, it's the first time between two women, right? And we don't we don't see it. I'm not upset about it, right? You know, as a white as a straight white male. <coughs> Excuse me, that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's just like. I remember just throughout the series watching, I'm like, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, so she's not who she says she is. She's actually a woman. He's actually a woman, blah, blah, blah. I wonder if they're actually going to, like, you know, show, show us, right. the two of them actually come together. And you, like, and the time comes and you don't see it. It's like, oh, okay. You know, and while we're, <laughs> while we're on that, so here's the thing. So if she's, if Christina is upset wanting revenge because of the death of William and she can make a potion to turn somebody into looking like William. Why didn't she make a potion for Ruby from William to turn Ruby into William? So she could still fuck the body of William and she's fucking, she had no because fucking they're Ruby. brother and sister. 
they're, I think. but they're brother fuckers. I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, so yeah. she's got to get the potion. I couldn't find the actual. It was too long a list to try to get through. Okay, okay, yeah. The episode before she yes. Christina kills herself in the way that Emmett was killed. Right. Doesn't matter. It's no. never brought up. You think that she's doing it to, to sympathize because of the conversation she has with Ruby, right. but it doesn't matter because it's never brought up, and it's apparently she just doesn't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> she's fundamentally broken, is what you're saying. I don't <laughs> look. This is what this show is driving me. To right what do you? What, right what's that one? What bottle of what bottle did you just slam? What was that? Wild Turkey American Honey. <laughs> How was it? <laughs> Are you okay? No, <laughs> not good. <laughs> I'll keep talking right, while you recover. <laughs> let's keep going. Okay, so it, apparently, uh, Ruby Ruby shows up. They're they're heading off. They're like, we're gonna go because for whatever reason, Christina's got to go back to Artem to do this spell in the ruins and we of all, the castle. Everyone knows Tick is supposedly supposed to die. Yeah, he's supposed to die. Ooh, so, ooh, ooh. So we they, forgot. We forgot something. Montrose finds out that when Tick went through the portal, which we never see anything that he had. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because we mentioned we mentioned earlier that he comes back with the book with a book called Lovecraft Country, right. written by George Freeman. Right. George Freeman not being Uncle George, but being Tick's son, son. Right. Which Letty is pregnant with. And she's not so she's not George, telling anybody, but everybody already fucking not, knows. Everybody knows she's pregnant. So when she yeah. does come out and say, I'm pregnant, everybody's like, Yeah, we fucking know. Yeah, and Montrose is like, yeah. And Montrose is like, yeah. And it's a boy. <laughs> and you name him George. We know. <laughs> we know this shit. We've seen all this. So she's like, wait, wait, wait uh, what? Oh, yeah. Anticlimactic. Like, I guess we name him. I guess we name him George. Yeah. <laughs> so they all. So they're heading off. They're like, fuck it. We're get, we got to get Tick. And I still, I don't know why Tick keeps agreeing to go. But they're like, well, we got to get Tick to Artem so he can die. I don't know why he doesn't just stay in Chicago, but whatever. So they load up Woody again. And they take off, and this time everybody's they, going. Gia's everyone's going, going with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because she because take wit and apologize. Like we need you. You are family, even though he's like been fuck you the entire time. Yeah. So she's there. Ruby shows up, gives Letty the blood, and Ruby goes yeah. with them. They're in that car, and they're all singing. It's kind of a happy, joyous kind of road they're tripping. All singing the same, road tripping the same song. Letty gets Artem. And Montrose has apparently the never-ending salt box of all salt boxes. <laughs> he, made, he made a line. He st- what he did. Montrose was hanging out the window, out, hanging out of Woody with the box, just drive as they're leaving Chicago. They get to Artem. He still got his hand out the window. There's still there's an unbroken line of salt from Chicago to Artem. He's walking and through he, the woods he, with it. There, he's in the forest <laughs> with fucking Tick. He's still pouring that same box of salt. He, he's <laughs> doing a fucking hocus pocus. He's fucking spraying the salt all over there. But he does have the funny line. The funny line in this one where Tick's like, "I've got Tick's decided he's going to ingest the potion and the piece of." Titus, like they're going to be in his right. stomach, so they're a part of him. So when she kills him, and, and Macho, and he's looking at this like piece of skin, bloody skin, and this bottle of blood, Macho's like, just I forget exactly what he says, but basically he's like, just fucking chew and swallow, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. so, he, he he takes the bite, he drinks the potion, and Montrose <laughs> like pulls out his flask, his flask. of alcohol. He's like, here you go. 
this will help. So, which I guess I guess it would. I don't know. So I mean, why, I've never had human flesh. So why does the potion not have any effect on Tick? Because it's not her blood. I know, but you would think it'd be. But even still, there's somebody's blood in there. But I think we know whose it is. I'm guessing. It's but, probably just Ruby's blood. Yeah, but why does it not do anything? Because Ruby's not a part of the bloodline. She's related to Letty. Right, but I don't think it matters because the fucking gameskeeper Did- is not part of anything either, and that's who Ruby was turning into. Yeah, but it still had um, Christina's blood in it, right? No, I think it... I don't know. I, I My thinking is that it probably had Ruby's blood in it. I don't know. It, they don't make it real fucking clear. Anyway, nothing happens to take. I think, I think it has Ruby's... They needed Christina's blood. Christina... For all intents and purposes, we'll get rid of it. It wasn't Ruby that gave Letty the blood and was riding in the car singing with him. Apparently, off screen, Christina (laughs) kills Ruby because she found out she was trying to steal some shit. And then disguises herself up as Ruby. Before we get there, before, before we get there, before they leave town, Christina comes to them at the publishing shop at the office and is like, don't fucking do this. And they're like, oh, we're going to fucking do it. She's like, we're going to do it. She's, she's, she's like, like, you better not. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, we are. She's like, okay. So she takes Letty's invulnerability away from her. <laughs> she takes it away. We see because when she, okay. when she, I, get, hold on, when she gave it to her, she got this mark, this like burn mark, like a brand thing on her looked abdomen. Looks like the like 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 goat horns. It's like the mark of Cain or whatever they call it. And then when she takes it away from her, she's like, if you're fucking coming, you're not coming bulletproof. You're not coming immortal. I'm taking that shit away. So she takes it away. The burn heals. It's like, okay, now Letty's not immortal. I'm still confused about this. So I hope <laughs> so, you fill me in. No, no. So then, so to your point, so we had Ruby and Letty, Ruby in quotes, uh, Christina and Letty are fighting in the tower because because they have everybody scattered throughout the area. They're all putting, putting, up, putting like runes and symbols signs and, and yeah, shit. And then you protection. find out, oh, Ruby's Ruby's not Ruby. She's actually Christina. So and she turns into Christina. And then, or no, no, she yeah, stays she Ruby. No, she, she stays, stays Ruby. Ruby. But she's so fighting. Ruby, Letty. Ruby and Letty are fighting at the top of the tower that we saw earlier in the season, and it looks like you know they're they're going at it, and finally Ruby Christina fucking kicks Letty off the top of the fucking tower and she falls and she falls she falls longer than it takes to drive from Chicago to Artem Letty falls from the top of the tower and, and she finally she, hits yeah she just, splats just, and you hear the cracks and the splats and she's fucking dead and she's not right. immortal anymore because Christina took that shit away and she's pregnant and like everything yeah. that we've been led to believe is like oh you know in the future there George right. wrote a George C Jr. whatever wrote a book Blah blah blah. This, but Letty's and, dead, and so her baby. Letty's dead. dead, and her baby's dead. And so it's like, oh, we're in uncharted territory now. Christina right. has changed the future. She's going on, you know. So then Christina has her townsfolk grab and apprehend everybody, brings them all to the fucking altar where Tick willingly allows himself to be bound because he thinks he's got Christina's number. Christina like takes like slices him from like wrist to elbow, just like on each arm. He's bleeding out, and he's like, "Why the fuck's nothing happening?" And she's like, "Yeah, that would have worked if I you hadn't told Ruby. She tried to steal the shit, and so I killed her. And you don't have my blood. Yeah, you don't have my blood. And you're just like, 
oh, I guess that happened. Yeah, they don't we show did. it. They just yeah, she's telling there's, us. There's no there's no inkling. There's no, no. like we're not left we're just like oh okay that, that's whatever. what happened. So so more of this terrible right you know, yeah. So ticks dying and she's like again hocus pocus she's like sucking his soul in you know to make herself immortal which she already was um and then so that's happening and then like letty just pops up she just like wakes up and she looks down and she wakes got, up she's like she's got the ram she's the got the fucking, fucking she's got the brand back on after it was gone somehow it came back while she was laying there dead on the ground oh, oh before we go any further before this Apparently, Tick went and got himself baptized or something. Yeah, for some reason, I don't know why they don't really explain that either. <laughs> because it's just yeah, a random be, scene. Be, be, because faith in God is a thing in this show, even though right. Hippolyta kind of proves everything against that. There's like cosmic gods and shit. Whatever. But the whole thing. Whatever. But the whole thing's predicated on this creation story with Adam too. So. It's a big, it's a big hodgepodge. Like they just took a bunch of ideas and just threw them into a bucket and like pulling shit out randomly. Like, how about this? Sure, let's make it a sci-fi. How about this? Oh, let's make it action. How about this? That's fucking horror. How about this? That's hey, religious. Anyway, so Tick's dying. Letty pops up, and again, because distance and time don't fucking matter, she grabs a sword somehow and like. Stabs Christina stabs with a sword. Christina, but it doesn't matter she's because she's immortal. already got yeah, she's already immortal, and so and Letty, she's 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 speaking in the Adam language. Yeah, and Letty's just like babbling, speaking in tongues, and Christina's like, seriously, you can fucking stop. You can you can keep doing this if you want, or you can just fucking stop. Either way, it doesn't and, matter. It's over. That's where. What's her name again? I'm sorry. Yeah, well, so while this is happening and Tick's dying. There's like this big black funnel cloud for no reason. Yeah. That just forming. That's just for what, you know, it's like, it's like moving from, it's just, it's there. I don't know what it's not really. It's just like blowing a big cloud of blackness. And so Gia, our demon, Gia. our demon Korean woman, remembers uh, yes. something about, I have never seen the, the darkness before. Something about <laughs> the darkness. And she's like, she's like, okay, Christina and Tick somehow have to be conjoined. Right. So she goes up into, she climbs up the stairs, goes into the black cloud and just throws her tentacles out. One's wrapped tentacle, around her, Tick. Fuck. One's wrapped around One's Christina. Christina. So they're conjoined finally. Yeah. But, and so because of that, then Christina is no longer immortal. I, I will say this. <laughs> it doesn't make a whole lot of be, sense. I, but. Okay. I bought into this part. Right, I bought into this part because they were connected through her. Right, I, I, I so they're I don't know. so they're connected. Look, but, I, but, I say I bought in. I say, <laughs> I say I bought into this. I don't know if it makes sense. It doesn't make any sense because so if Christina is immortal because she has Tick's blood and his soul or whatever she sucked out of him with a spell, if they're connected, wouldn't it like reverse? So like, wouldn't Tick beget his soul and? stuff back and then she would just be regular immortal again immortal with a little lowercase i instead of immortal with a capital i instead but what that instead that what would happens go is, what happens that would is go against sp- everything that the writer is intending but uh, yeah because all we know is that tick dies because he has to die apparently and christina right. is no longer immortal we don't know why he has, he has to sacrifice himself right 
because that's how it was written in Lovecraft Country. Literally, that because little George wrote the book that way. So Tick dies, and they make a little thing and carry him off back to the car. Christina's no longer immortal, and so, again, oh, not, we, not sure how that magic thing works, but that's what happens. And we then, have to mention we have to mention that while all of this is going we, on. We will. We'll D. get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Oh, okay. <laughs> We'll so, get there. Okay. So, so Christina's no longer immortal. Tick's dead. Everybody's leaving. Like a piece of the ruins. Like <laughs> where? Where did all the other white people go? I don't know. They left. Uh, they decided to disappear. <laughs> they took off. Like where the fuck did they go? The, okay. So Christina's there, and like part of the ruins of the building, like trapped. They fall over, and she's like trapped, and she's no longer immortal. She's like, help me! And they're all like, fuck she's off, like, we're out. Yeah. And Michael Caine shows up. It's like, what's the point in all this bloody push-ups if you can't lift a bloody log? Okay, that is just like, oh wait, wait so, so she's laying there trapped <laughs> while all the fighting and shits going on. Remember, Christina controls the dog demon things that we saw in the first episode. They're out in the woods, like around Woody the car, and Dee's still in the car. They're like, don't fucking go anywhere, Dee. You stay in the car. So D with her withered arm. Yeah, with her with her shrunken arm. So. So the Christina's dead, and as they're carting Tick off, we get these flashback scenes of Tick like training the dog to be D's dog, and we get this flashback scene of Hippolyta building this this like Terminator arm, <laughs> like the arm at the end of T two when he's holding his thumb up out of the lava. So they're like, so Christina's dying. They're taking Tick back. We get these flashbacks. We even get flashbacks of of Ruby doing something that I don't know what the fuck she's doing. And then, then like, so like in the ruins in the moonlight and shit, like D walks up with the fucking Tick dog and her metal arm and like reaches out and like kills, like pops Christina's head. It's the most random ending to the most random show. Look, like I get, like I knew that she was the future person in the hood that gave Tick right. the future book with the robotic arm. But right. at that moment, I'm like, is she the new fucking bad guy? What the fuck is going on? Oh my god! It is the most random ending to the most random television the most see the the random most random season of television it it had again this series as a whole had fantastic casting fantastic acting sets costumes you know it was all spot on the writing was just absolutely horrendous like i said it's, it's like there were multiple writers like multiple factions in the writers room and so like these three people went off and wrote this and like they didn't show these other nine people and two of them went off and did this and didn't show anybody else and then four of these went off and did something and they didn't show anybody and it's almost like they wrote each episode like you take this because that's what they'll do they'll break they'll break the story for the season and then they'll break off and like you two write this episode but it's almost like they never came back to the table and were like, here's what we wrote in this episode. It's like, it's like we wrote this episode. They're like, cool, we're going to go shoot that. Meanwhile, these guys are writing the next episode without knowing what the fuck's going on over in this one, it's, which, it, which it, is it, why every episode is so completely different from the rest. It's almost like working with Hawk. I love you, <laughs> Hawk. I fucking love you. I love you. You have me writing episode six of your show. Um, when we weren't even done with episode one. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. So it's the, the, <laughs> the writing on this show is uh, leaves something to be desired. That said, there are some beautiful episodes and beautiful moments. There, 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 there are moments of genius in this show, right? That are great, but are completely undercut by everything else. And I think, like, and it feels like. This is the same year. Within a 12-month calendar year, we got Watchmen and we got Lovecraft Country. And you want to immediately connect the two because these are both very much stories about the black experience in America. That, one, and they one, both show the Tulsa, Tulsa massacre, experience. Yeah. Massacre, yes. And so, and with Watchmen, you have a narrative that's not told linear. It uses flashbacks. It uses multiple perspectives. But it felt like Watchmen told a coherent story, and it felt yes. like Lovecraft Country. It again, Lovecraft Country is poetry, and Watchmen is prose. <laughs> it's like they're two different things. They're they're both highlighting the same types of experiences. They're a lot. They're using the same historical and cultural touchstones. One is telling a story that is that makes sense even with the non-linear storytelling and one is like watching a poem <laughs> like watching a visual right. poem i i have i have something to compare it to yeah i don't know how many of our listeners are kevin smith fans right i'm, I'm guessing a couple so if you have seen any of his an evening with kevin smith's right i think it's an evening with kevin smith too he talks about working or at least interacting with uh, director Richard Kelly. Right. And he, I think he's talking about more Donnie Darko, not Southland Tales. Yeah. And so he, I don't remember which one it was, but one of them, he describes it as like, okay, so Richard took a story like this and just kind of went. Yeah. <laughs> And that's how we're there shooting you it. Go. That's how we're it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country is. Yeah. It's, it's just like someone took a bunch of notes, a bunch of story arcs, threw it up in the air, and they just like, there it is. Right. And again, I think the most direct comparison, fair or not, you're going to connect it and compare it to watchman and so you know the episode with gia in korea that took place before any of this happened connects directly to the episode in watchman where you have dr manhattan and a bar meeting for the first time in vietnam so again it was very similar right and it's it's told out of out of linear cycle it's told it's like and, episode and it's, seven and, or eight and it's and it's weird that this is also hbo as well yeah it's it's like they're trying to recreate watchman without the the direct hand of the writers and the directors and the producers that made Watchmen without, a success without David Lindelof and as much as I hate saying that right yeah 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 and 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 Lindelof for for all that he did with Watchmen he was aping the comic book the comic book is told as you know here's a story here's a story here's an ep- here's a here's an issue of the comic book of the 12 issues. Here's an issue that's told out of time and it gives you all the things you need to connect the stuff that came before and it sets up what comes after. And so they did that with Watchmen in the same way. It feels like Lovecraft country was trying to do that, but I don't, and I don't know the book. I'm guessing the book, I'm guessing the book doesn't do that. I'm guessing the book is pretty linear um, without knowing it, you know, anything about it. 
but yeah, it's, it wasn't effective because it, like I said, it didn't make sense. Um, it, it just, you know, when you go from the story ends here and then the next episode ends here and it doesn't seem to be any, any character connection, any emotional connection. People are like, they're talking about the death of George in episode three in the haunted house as like, yeah, it happened, but it's like they didn't live it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Letty seems not at all phased by it. And Tick is only in that he's got to kind of take George's place in that household. But even then he's kind of like, eh, you know, I, I can walk away from this. I'm overstayed my welcome. And I don't know. It just it didn't feel like it was coherent and connected from episode to episode. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for 10 hours to kill, it's certainly, you know, like I said, there are some moments. It's a baffling. Fantastic. It's, it's a baffling 10 hours and it'll leave you. I know, I know I've referenced David Lynch earlier where he's sort of like with David Lynch movies, you're sort of questioning everything afterwards. This is just sort of like you're questioning whether or not what you watched was worth it. Yeah. You're right. Whereas like with David Lynch, like whether or not you liked it, you're still just sort of like dwelling on it. Right. And this doesn't have any of that. No, no. This is just kind of, it's, it's unfortunately if it, it feels disposable, it feels like everybody that's seen it and they've moved on and you know, I don't know that anybody's going to revisit this one uh, repeatedly over time. Like, right. other, like yeah. some of the better series do. Yeah, I could sit down and watch, watch them again and just, and, and not have any problem staying in, in knowing what happens. I could be like, you know, I could watch it and be like, yeah, yeah, I know how that connects. Now I can see it. It gets better, richer on multiple viewings. Whereas I don't right. know that I, I don't know that I'd want to sit down and watch this one again. I don't think I want to either. No. I don't know if, even if they got picked up for a season two, if you were to like, unless okay, season two we, is D and her metal arm and the fucking dog, and they're just right. hunting down witches. If they're like D and the demon dog witch hunters, then that then it's a different show. <laughs> but yeah, but look, like if you were just like, look, in October we are doing a series two wrap up, whatever. Unless you're doing that, I don't think I'd care yeah. to watch it. Yeah, no, I I agree. Well, let us this know, isn't like. No. This isn't like last year when we watched Creep Show. Right. And we, yeah. we dug it. We dug the hell out of it. We dug the hell out of it. It's cheesy as it was. It was just sort of like, yeah, this, this you know, this, this is kind of like, it's an anthology. Horror, yeah. Cheesy. They know it's cheesy, you know? Yeah. This was just like, uh, It felt like it was trying to be important and it almost took itself too importantly, I think. It felt like, like, you know, I could have spent my time watching something else. Yeah. Let us know what you thought of Lovecraft Country. If you've seen it, send us your suggestions, your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for and follow us at PGTC Podcast. Links to all that and more at popgoestheculture.com. Next Thursday, I don't know what the fuck to expect. Curtis has got us an episode for us next Thursday. Is there anything you can tease for the audience? I know that I don't know what to expect because it sounded like you were wanting to kind of play something close to the vest, and I told you it's better to let people prepare than it is to surprise them and have them him no, 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 like, falling through the. I'm thing. like, so, so far there's you, uh-huh. me, and Brad, Kenny. Kenny. Uh-huh. I have talked to dusty. Okay. I don't know if he's 100% committed, but yeah, I, I need at least a, I need at least a fifth person. If not, it's fine. We'll work it out. Okay. But what are we, we're going to do? Are we doing a virtual do, seance? 
<laughs> yes. No. We're going to sacrifice a virgin. There we go. <laughs> and it's dusty. Oh, he doesn't know well, yet. Oh, then you're, you're in a bad spot. <laughs> I'm you're kidding. You have to find another one. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to pick a Pop Goes the Culture top 10 horror films of nineteen uh, of 2020. Okay. And, you know. So not not, you, not you, films that came out in 2020. You're just saying that no, 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 no. For just the Halloween general, 2020, we are for the Halloween of 2020. Okay. That is what we're doing. Are we each coming up with ten? Or are we making a list of ten out of the four or five of us? No, out we are each coming up with ten ourselves. Okay. So go and pick your ten. Okay. I know I I what was it like two weeks ago that I suggested this I maybe so, a yeah. week ago yeah so I told Brad I told you Kenny knows about it I'm hoping that you know he 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 oh. manages uh fucking finished stock now right whatever so yeah he may or may he he, <laughs> he may or may not make it I don't know what we're gonna do without him. We'll work with it. Okay. We'll work without it. Are we wearing so, costumes since it's the Halloween show? Are you dressing I did up? Su- I did suggest um, if you have a costume, dress up. I Are you dressing have up? no idea. I have no idea if I'm dressing up. If I do, we'll figure it out. We'll find out. All right. Look, like so, I have so you, a wig. So I people have a will wig. want to tune in for the live stream to see who's dressed up. And who's we, look, we will want to find out who we are. I think Joey's going to be Thor. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't Kenny, thought about it. Yeah. I, I have a wig. I might dress up as Jim Morrison. Who knows? Ooh, or go. somebody somebody with a brown hair. That's curly. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so tune in next week. That'll be our Halloween episode. We will do it live on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch on Thursday night at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, like we always do. And you can catch the podcast. I mean, the live feed, the live video lives on those platforms. So even if you can't catch it live, you can always come back to it and see who dressed up as what. Or, of course, the podcast episode, the audio, will be in your podcast player next Friday, the day before Halloween. I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. You got anything else before we get out of here? Um... If you have a Redbubble account, type in Radar180, Radar180. Hey, look at this. It's a double <laughs> feature of um, From Beyond and, of course, Reanimator. Everyone's favorite, Barbara Crampton, and her <laughs> most vulnerable. <laughs> very I'm much sorry. at her most vulnerable, yes. Very much at her most vulnerable. Um, that is a nice coffee cup. You can get it on a shirt if you'd like. So, um, yeah. And if, if, if you can't see behind me, I have Reanimator, Necronomicon. I was going to say, you, you uh, put some work into your backdrop this week. I did. Beyond our Bride of Reanimator, which is a very underrated sequel. Some great fucking special effects. If you have not seen Bride of Reanimator, but you're a fan of Reanimator, do yourself a favor and watch Bride. Uh, we got From Beyond, From Beyond also, the same director, Stuart Gordon, same actors, Barbara Crampton. Uh, you got Jeffrey Combs, who's fucking amazing. Uh, you even got from Dawn of the Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead, Ken Forhey, and he's great in this. And then you got Castle Freak, which is less great, but it has <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey Combs. It's directed by Stuart Gordon, has Barbara Crampton, it's good. Uh, there's also Reanimator, there's Beyond Reanimator, which is not. <laughs> great but it 
But it is kind of funny in some aspects. If you like watching terrible movies and making fun of, Beyond Reanimator is something you should watch. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, also, I will go ahead and say this since I did rewatch this this week. If you love Jeffrey Combs, <laughs> nobody and knows you, but you. <laughs> and if you love Peter Jackson, director of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, the masterpiece that is The Lord of the Rings trilogy. Watch The Frighteners, starring Michael J. Fox yep. and Jeffrey Combs, because it is an amazing ghost movie. Are, are, some, of these, are some of these likely to make your top ten list next week? The Frighteners might. Mm, I, right. don't, well, I People don't are going to want to tune in to check that one out for sure next you week. You might want to tune in and check out, because The Frighteners, look, I don't care if it makes my list or not, watch The <laughs> Frighteners. This is Michael J. Fox, 1995, slightly after he discovered he has Parkinson's, yep. but he's still fucking acting. And there's <laughs> acting. a there's, there's still some sort of like, what the fuck's mm-hmm. going on? Kind of like with what we just watched with Lovecraft Country. Yep. But it makes so much more sense with this movie. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> All right. So for Curtis, again, my name is Joey Mills. Have a great week. We'll catch you back here next week for the Halloween episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. Until then, take care, be safe, be healthy. We'll talk to you later. See ya. Peace, tits. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture podcast network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.